For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. The Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights, I think we're a bit too far south for it, but certainly up the Midlands and further up the country that we're getting great uh, show, shots of uh, the Northern, Light, Northern Lights, particularly uh, in areas that didn't have an awful lot of what they call light pollution. So that's a big talking point online overnight and indeed some of the papers are picking up and at the lads from Carlo Weather put a drone up in the sky with a long exposure and got some great uh, footage of the Northern Lights. I remember when I lived in Canada up in Northern Ontario way, way up north um, you'd see the Northern Lights all of the time and it always reminded me it's like, it's like somebody had turned on a blowtorch in the sky you got the most incredible greens and purples and almost pinks and almost kind of shades of blue right across the sky not any one particular area but like just right across uh, the entire uh, hemisphere the northern hemisphere it was it was amazing you almost got used to seeing it uh, pretty much nearly all of the time on clear nights right across the winter it's a horrific story it's not on the front page but it's on the inside pages of the mirror this morning uh, we all know of burglaries or indeed I was reading the story of a, a court report on the lee side at the weekend of a woman uh, whose dog came up into her bedroom um, then they realised there was something on something wrong and she went downstairs to find a burglar in the kitchen rifling through her bag and personal belongings and stuff like that she asked him to put it down and he did and he left but he was on a, he was on a notorious crime spree right across the county around that time but the one I'm referring to now is from Kilfinnan in County Tipperary uh, and it's from a Saturday evening um, from earlier this month in February and the reason, the reason I mention it is because yes you had somebody breaking into a home um, a man who then went on to drown the two dogs the two family dogs in a barrel Would you believe it? Dragged the two beloved dogs who were around 10 years old to a barrel in the backyard and drowned them. Drowned Penny and Poppy. Isn't that one of the most horrific things you've ever heard? But there it is in our papers and that's what we're living amongst in 2023. And that's an astonishing story with the Cork connection. The so-called Russian agent or Russian uh, spy who worked and lived in Cork for a fair old period of her, of her life. All of the papers are talking about it. Was, I think it was a, a Sunday Times story from yesterday morning. Um, it's the alleged Russian spy Marie, Marina uh, Sologub, uh, who was born in Kazakhstan in the mid-80s, moved to Ireland during her childhood, spent a lot of time here, was employed here in Cork with the National Space Centre, worked as an intern, or worked on the staff of the great Bernard Allen uh, for a period of time. He, he's been said to be absolutely shocked at what he's been hearing, uh, you know, years later. She's in Australia now, and they want to boot her out of Australia over suspected links to Russia. Now, whether that's espionage or spying or trying to gather counterintelligence, I don't know. Uh, but she's reached out now to diplomats uh, to see uh, whether or not uh, she can uh, come to Ireland. And it's looking likely that she will be deported from um, Australia to Ireland. She probably holds Irish papers. I don't know. Diplomats are trying to find out now whether she's got dual Irish and Russian citizenship. She wasn't born here. But as one of the diplomats said, she was bred here and she came here with her family as a young child and spent most of her life in Ireland, a lot of it here in Cork. It's a bizarre story um, and it's making all of the papers this morning in, in quite some detail. You, you got If you sat back and thought about that, you know, you could think, well, you know, why, why Ireland? And, you know, but then again, are there, are there intelligence agents and, you know, espionage spies 
in all countries all over the world, as in walking amongst us. Uh, scoring Coke now is easier than buying a pint. It's a front pager making the sun this morning. In fact, they, they managed to, we've done this in the past, they've managed to um, message an awful lot of dealers around Cork, Killarney, Galway, Limerick, Dublin, Waterford, and they have the screenshots of the, um, you know, the back and forth between themselves and the dealers. Like, like the Cork one says, yo, and the journalist says, you about Cork tonight? Dealer says, sure. Journalist says, menu. Uh, dealer says, we have Coke, um, MD, Ket and Weed. Reporter says, what are you charging for Coke? Dealer says, we give out a gram for 80 euro. It's 95% pure. Reporter says, you deliver? And the dealer says, yeah, uh, just um, just link me as to where you are. And then they come and it's as easier. Like that, that really is more straightforward, isn't it? Than, than ordering a pizza or ordering any kind of a takeout. And that's why they're saying it's easier than buying a pint these days. I've heard that being said by an awful lot of people. Uh, a lot of this is happening, of course, on, on Instagram um, quite regularly. So that's a front page or an inside page making this morning sun. Well, the examiner this morning is saying that children now as young as six are being groomed by dealers. Nobody takes notice of a six-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 14-year-old going about their business. Uh, but that's why uh, dealers and those involved in the higher echelons of, well, not even the higher echelons, just people up, up the food chain of drugs are using kids now to distribute. They use them, you know, they're called runners. They're called runners for dealing um, and they seek out vulnerable kids and they lure them with gifts and uh, like runners and they even you know they even start them young on, on drugs themselves the kids it's absolutely going from bad to worse it really is like just going from bad to worse uh, and don't even start talking about rent or those in the medical profession highly trained personnel who really not always want to leave now some do want to go on an adventure and that's fine there's nothing to do about that but the vast quantities of those that are leaving have all got to do with quality of living and and very much top of that list of quality of living issues is rent. And there's an interesting story in this morning's Indo with three midwives um, about their careers and the pressure they face and how many of them are leaving because of ridiculously high rents. In fact, one of them said, so many girls I trained with have left. It's not that they're leaving, it's that they've left. Have you been to Blackpool recently? I, I cycle there from time to time and I, I see an awful lot of regeneration going on. Not enough, but at least it's a damn good start uh, and at least Blackpool is being looked at uh, with regards to regeneration and that's got to be a good thing. And John Sheehan this morning, Dr. John Sheehan, who deputised for the Lord Mayor at the CBA dinners on Saturday night, he says that it's on course to experience major regeneration and rejuvenation. There's a lot of housing projects under construction and there really is and we want more of it and I know that construction can be a pain in the in the backside because uh, you know it can be noisy and gets in the way but it has to be done but when it's finished it'll be the biz but one of the problems though with regards to people who are finding places to live is if you have a pet more and more landlord now is saying yeah we'll have you but not the pets I mean th- that shouldn't come as anything new because landlords over the years have been quite selective uh, with a fair proportion of them not wanting children um, and indeed not wanting hap so it doesn't surprise me that there's been an 80% job jump in dogs um, being given up for adoption now because landlords won't allow them on their properties. And um, of course, then, of course, the great problem for people who are on fixed rate mortgages is they're on a cliff edge now. I don't want to be depressing people on a Monday morning, but it's the front of the Independent today where they're saying that thousands of Irish homeowners who assume coming to the end of fixed rate mortgages will fall off a cliff, flip, cliff into variable rates. And you could be talking about at least 50,000, maybe more, who could find that their mortgage repayments could go up by 
I'm sure they're giving them the maximum on this one, 490 euro per month. Uh, that's the problem when you get involved with uh, spiraling interest rates in a variable market. The papers talk of that one today. Um, the Social Democrats have a brand new boss and it's... It's great, actually, in one way, that in the county of Cork, we have two party leaders. We have Micheál Martin uh, with Fianna Fáil. I'm not, and I'm not getting into criticism of the parties. I'm just saying we have Micheál Martin, leader of Fianna Fáil, and we've got Holly Cairns now, leaders, leader of the Social Democrats. But Mary Carr, this morning in her column in the Mail, says that, um, yes, she should be congratulated and wish the best of luck, but she will also have to cope with the social media storm that is bound to strike her as she becomes a lightning rod for all criticism of her party. And she drills even further into her column where she says, the past few months have not been a great time for female leaders. With the shock resignations of Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand and more recently Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland. Now, both leaders have denied um, that invasive carry-on or personal threats to them are abuse or trolling had anything to do with their quitting. Uh, but she's kind of not letting it go. She says, well, both leaders deny that personal threats and abuse were decisive factors. Neither of them played down the damage caused by non-stop online invective. Uh, and in fact, Holly Kearns herself, in a recent article that I read in RSVP magazine, did talk a little bit about abuse or about the issues uh, that she faced since she became elected as a TD. I'm wondering if she had her time over, considering the difficulties that she's had over the years with, with individuals online and all of the awful world that it is, whether she ever would have gone for the doll in the first place. But she's leader of the Social Democrats, and I suppose with, with that comes a lot of responsibility. So good luck with that. Kerry Condon makes the papers as well. Um, she of the uh, Banshees fame. I love this story because one of her favourite words is feckin'. Feckin' this and feckin' that. Uh, and apparently, um, she's very annoyed that people don't embrace the word feckin'. It gets edited out of a lot of the things that she does. She says, it is not a swear word. You can say feckin' till the cows come home. Um, and it's very much part of the Irish culture. And she wails the fact that this Irish slang word is internationally censored. Uh, which, which is kind of interesting. Because one would wonder, are there other words that we should... Like bollocks, if you don't mind me saying it at this hour of the morning. Is that acceptable or not acceptable? Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I could go through another few words at this stage, but God only knows whether or not it would be acceptable at this hour of the morning. But feckin' anyway, she says, should be an acceptable word. We need to get on with it. And also, listen, with the St. Patrick's Day Parade just around the corner, you know very well that if you're travelling anywhere, you will play, you will pay insane amounts of money. About uh, 10 days ago on air, we tried to find a hotel in Dublin city centre on St. Patrick's Night and just failed to do so. There was nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, it's a story that makes this morning's, uh, not quite sure which paper it is, might be the, I don't know if it's the star or the, or the mirror, but forgive me for that, but they're saying that hotel and hostels in Dublin are charging up to €1,664 Euro for a double room on the 17th of March. Uh, and a lot of the time, they don't even come with breakfast. So it's another example of scalping at the most popular times. Um, uh, I think we had to go way out to County Dublin and places like Wicklow and areas like that to get a hotel room when we looked at it. Um, it's insane, really. Did you want to jump in yeah, on Yeah, no, that? I was actually jumping in on the, just the previous topic because I was uh, I was just feckin'. off the phone there. Yeah, feckin' sake. I mean, I like look. I for feck's sake, my mother will not be happy with me saying this on the radio. But uh, afraid of your mother? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Who isn't? Have to be. <laughs> ah, well, afraid in a loving way. I don't know if that's the right way to say. But anyway, um, feck or effing is considered by 
Ofcom which is obviously the broadcasting authority in uh, England medium language potentially unacceptable often seen as humorous older participants more likely to consider Effing. the word unacceptable effing yeah or the F-U-C-K apparently older participants are so apparently your generation are more likely to find it <laughs> unacceptable than our generation veteran broadcaster that's very strange you think that our generation were the so-called wokey-dokies that we'd find it I, are you saying that effing is unacceptable effing F-U-C-K-I-N-G no as an E-F-F-I-N-G it's offensive it's seen as potentially medium oh, language it's God seen as sake, but apparently in the same uh, vein as feck uh, bollocks is also medium language uh, potentially unacceptable not generally offensive but somewhat vulgar when refused to the male appendage however it is less problematic when used to mean nonsense but why isn't Langer offensive then well, I don't know if Langer would appear in the Ofcom <laughs> guide to language somehow. I think you'd have to find the I'm cork talking guy. about We'd the male appendage when I say that's a load of bollocks. Yeah, yeah, but that's what it says. It said less that's offensive. a load of male appendage. That's not what I mean. Yeah, yeah, less offensive when it's, when it's, when it's used in the term of meaning nonsense. So Just if somebody <laughs> says something and you say bollocks, that is less offensive than... What do people think? Text 0868104106. While you're there, while your mic is open. See that story in the mail this morning, the 10 things that we cannot open <laughs> or that are virtually impossible to open. Can I just say that one of them that doesn't make the list, that should make the list, is cheese slices in the plastic container, you know, the flat container, and they say, peel here. Yeah. And I get those. They're trying to do that. You know, the ones, what's really annoying me at the moment is because I'm on a kind of a weight loss kind of attempt anyway, weight loss. They have these fit meals that you can get. You know, they're, they're kind of like pre-packaged meals, but they're they're generally pretty good for you. Tasty. 399, 499. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of things, yeah. yeah. But they have um, the little plastic um, tabs that you pull. But <laughs> the thing, the whatever, whatever glue they use, you pull the thing and it pulls all the plastic around, around the outside the and you're left Isn't with that the actual thing. It's so you annoying. You have to stick a knife in those. It's so annoying. It's just like, and then you're going to take it out of the microwave and it's like burning the hand off. Do you ever buy an adapter for um, a, a plug when you're traveling overseas? Yeah. It comes in the little plastic <laughs> container. You're, you're in an airport. You open like, that? What, what, are you, what are you supposed <laughs> to do if you're in an airport? Like, let me just take my handy scissors that, that security have, you, have allowed me to get through. It's like, have you ever tried to open a five pack of uh, razor blades? You know, no. the, the oh, yeah, I know the, the ones. Yeah, <laughs> impossible. No, it's the worst thing is when you buy a scissors and the scissors is in the packet that you need a scissors to open. <laughs> and you can just, what's the point? Just make it easy. Like, why are they, why, I, I would love to know if somebody works in packaging and I'm sure there's plenty of free food, fri- uh, judging by some of our free food Friday texts, there are plenty of people who have knowledge in this. Why are some packets like that, like ink you cartridges, need a, you need a scissors. USB sticks, why are they, why is it like, like almost stapled plastic around the, it's impossible thing, to open. You know the reseals? Where yeah. you, you push oh, yeah. across the line and it reseals. They never work. Bollocks. You'll be, f- <laughs> you'll be five minutes trying to line up the two lines to it's reseal. It's ridiculous. And it's the same when you get rice packets and they have those little plastic things that you stick down and then you take the rice packet out and it ends up splitting open and there's <laughs> rice all over the kitchen. Oh, it's just... Here's the list anyway. Here's the list, right? <laughs> and we've given ones that aren't on the list, incidentally. Brillo soap pads, 61 seconds to open. Crumpets, 52 seconds. Listerine mouth, anything... That's got involved oh, yeah, with, the ch- yeah. with children. Oh, man. Maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. Maybe other... Printer cartridges. So that one gets on the list for me. A jar of coconut oil. 45 seconds to open. Took a hammer to it, I'd say, in the end. Tooth... A toothbrush. You have to try to get a toothbrush oh, in yeah. the packaging. <laughs> okay, another one here. Personal laundry pods. Shrink wrap fresh meat. 
Like they say oh, yeah. peel, but they don't peel. You nah. have to stab a knife in them. Nah. Soup cartons, pill packets, they're those ones. The other thing that's very, very, very difficult to get open is, um, do you know when you um, when you get like, if you, well, like going back to, we were talking about uh, spiced beef and I bought spiced beef at a butcher's uh, just before Christmas and it was in this packet, like this kind of shrink plastic packet. Oh my God. Like trying to get the thing open without stabbing yourself in the finger because you take this huge knife and you're kind of like trying to gingerly like balance the meat also not just cut straight through and like I'm effing <laughs> and bollocking yeah. in the kitchen when I'm trying to do this stuff I can tell you that well, it's for just, sure your man's gone off on one say, well, uh, it's potentially medium language so you should be safe okay. enough Neil once you don't All right, you know, man, once no. you don't offend the elderly apparently it's the elderly are the ones that are more offended in this it's generation my whole life offending people boy it's not going to change at this stage <laughs> anyway your own thoughts, thoughts on that welcome text 0868104 106. Kevin mentioned beef. Uh, we'll go through. I hope you had a good weekend, guys. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But I got the most amazing piece of beef. It was the rib roast of beef from McCarthy's Butchers out in Hawks Road in Bishopstown at the weekend. It was absolutely incredible. It really was. Um, and it just goes to show how much fantastic uh, produce we have on Leaside. I actually saw it on Saturday night at the Cork Business Awards, the annual awards. It was MC for it down in the uh, Radisson Hotel in, in Little Island. And just going through the list of those um, who made it to the final stages, never mind all of those that went before. I mean, we're an incredible, powerful county when it comes to small to medium enterprises that are out there doing the business every day. I'll go through that a little later on this morning. Also, at some stage, I hope to talk a little more about a house that sold down in Kinsale for four and a half million. The guy who bought it is an American animator and producer, but he also is heir to Nike. Uh, Travis Knight is heir to Nike. Apparently, he's the son of the billionaire Phil Knight, and he bought a gaff down in Kinsale recently for four and a half million, and it's absolutely stunning. Apparently, it's not, and it, at that, it's not even the dearest house that ever sold in Kinsale. I think it's like third or fourth. And the papers this morning talking about issues around things you can open or things you can close and things you can fix and things you can throw away. There's a story in the this morning's Independent that um, I suppose you could read into this that more and more people don't know how to sew and don't know how to replace a button, don't know how to take up a hem. They probably use that, you know, that magic stuff that you comes in a, comes in a, in a roll and you iron it on to, to glue up the hem. But pennies apparently are doing workshops right across the country in penny shops, including Cork. And you can bring your own clothes and learn basic hand sewing, mending techniques, techniques how to replace a button, how to sew a hem, uh, things like things like fixing a zip, or as we would call, well, say in Cork, an a-zip, uh, and it's all free of charge because apparently an awful lot of people do not know how to sew, do not know how to sew in a button, take up a hem, replace or fix an a-zip. Apparently it's a dying, dying art. Text 0868104106. We got calls on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. And you don't have to go to Dublin to get huge incre- increases in hotel rooms. We're talking in the papers this morning, €1,700 Euro for March 17th. You'll find the same if you drill into hotel prices around the St. Patrick's weekend in Cork. In fact, already have been contacted. When this hotel opened, its gimmick was that it was a cheap, affordable hotel with small rooms so people could afford it. Referencing Res on McCurtain Street. Chap says to me, I stayed in this hotel last year for 70 euro 
on a Friday night. But the same room now is €320, nearly five times the price on St. Patrick's night. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's still the same small room and the gimmick has quickly turned sour. Now, he does say other things that people should do with regards to, but I'm not going to be going down that road uh, with regards to asking for, you know, uh, people to blacklist or boycott Cork businesses. But anyway, I'm just here to highlight what would have once been a €70 room on St. Patrick's night is five times the price at 320 And we did some lovely stuff last week on solo travel and I want to get more calls on people who just decided to go for it went on their own. Don't know if Siobhan is coming on. It'd be great to chat to you, Siobhan. She sent me a lovely email saying, I loved listening to the women on the air. This is from last week on solo travel. I had a list of places I always wanted to visit since I was a child. I was going through divorce and for the first time in my life, I'd be on my own. I thought, if not now, I'd never do it. I did a trial weekend in Barley Cove on my own to see if I'd be okay. Fair play to you. Trial first. As that was very successful, I then set off. I took a sabbatical from work. I went to Phu Quoc Island. That was my first stop for two weeks. Um, then Vietnam for seven weeks. Then Sri Lanka, where I ended up staying and working for six months. Amazing life-enriching experiences. My journey home took three further months traveling through Laos, 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 Cambodia, Thailand, Macau and China. Did all of it on my own. Best thing I've ever done. I highly recommend solo travel. Other people traveling are always chatty and friendly. And so many local people everywhere I went that I went to looked after me. Uh, I'd say if it's something you dream of doing, just set off and do it, says Siobhan. Isn't that an incredible journey? I mean, that must have taken you the bones of a year. Uh, took a sabbatical from, from sabbatical from work and just went for it. And everywhere you went, everybody was so chatty and friendly. Sounds to me like Clannacilty. was down there on Friday night. The nicest, chattiest people uh, you'll ever meet down that way. I'll come back to that later on this morning. I think Clannacilty has it cracked, you know. I think we could learn a lot from uh, the brilliant businesses and just the entire community down there. Anyway, to solo travel calls. Dermot, good morning. Good morning, Neil. It's an incredible journey she made all the same, though. Starting off down in um, Thailand and then Vietnam and then Sri Lanka. Mine's amazing, isn't it? It is. is. What did you do? Uh, back in the day, in the 90s, Neil, when the, um, you know, the Donnelly visas came out. That was America. where you could go to America, wasn't it? Yeah, and you could walk legally, whatever. Um, I, I, I left on a Saturday morning from Cork to Dublin, then Dublin to New York. And while I was waiting for the connecting flight to New York, um, I thought there was... Where were you going was, from New York? Was that your, were you going any further? I was going to San Francisco. Oh, so you were waiting for a connecting flight from New York to San Fran, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was eight, eight hours that time from Dublin to, to New York, and then another eight hours from New York to San Francisco. Well, while I was waiting in the airport, as I thought a fellow was asleep on my shoulder, I was surrounded by cops with guns out and said, don't move. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Your man apparently was dead on top of my shoulder. He was after 18 or something. Oh, my God. You thought he was just sleeping on your shoulder and you didn't want to wake him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what happened so, next with the cops with the guns? They left me go after about two hours. And I eventually got to San Francisco, got off the plane. And then my sister, I had to bail her out, give her three and a half thousand dollars. What? For what? For rent arrears. 
just when, when you arrived into San Fran, you had to yeah. clear your you had to clear your sister's rent debt. Yeah, you got to remember now. This was me making a new life before I got actually got married. You know, how long ago I, I was my, this, incidentally? Nineteen ninety. So three and a half grand back then was uh, it's a lot of money now, but it was a serious amount of money then. Well, I had about eight thousand gone, and <laughs> but anyway, uh, she was gay, and then her 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 girlfriend was getting quite jealous, so I had to move out of there, and I moved in with a with a buddy that was uh, was working over in San Francisco. Oh, so you were due to bunk up with your sister for a while, was it? Yeah. In her yeah, gaff. Yeah, okay, yeah. so that didn't work out, caused a bit of disharmony, yeah. and you had to move. Yeah. I moved, and I had, I moved in with a, a buddy, and one night his his young, his kid brother said, come on, all the lads were going out there for a couple of beers, and I went out with them. We went into a, a bar down in uh, by Fisherman's Wharf. Right, a famous area. And um, we were playing pool, and... The young lad was with his girlfriend and all of a sudden this fella came in and went ape. And I had a pool cue in my hand and I said to the barman, I said, what's wrong with him? And he said, uh, there's something to do with his ex-girlfriend there. He's with one of your friends there. And he said, you better hang on to the pool cue. And I said, why? And he said, because he's gone out to get a gun. <laughs> sake, will you stop, Dermot, really? This is in the first, what, 24, 48 hours, like? first four days right go on so I, I said to the barman so what good is that going to do me if he's gone out to get a gun I have a pool cue <laughs> I have a pool what am I going to do throw it at him like or something did he come back with a gun he did he did he came back waving the gun inside the bar and eventually the barman cooled him down I don't know what he did I, I don't know I was petrified at this stage and uh, I had a job in a yacht club across from Alcatraz uh, just polishing, looking after yachts. And um, I didn't even collect my green card. I Did left it there and uh, I came back to following. But hang on a second, you didn't even morning. start the job? No. Why? No, I, I was going over a week beforehand. Oh, okay, okay. So you're a few days yeah. to acclimatise yourself, then start with the in the yacht club a week later. But why, why'd you, what you do? What you do for the rest of your time, albeit only a few days? Well, uh, I saw Barry Bonds in Candlestick Park playing the baseball uh, player. Baseball. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was basically it. I didn't even go to Alcatraz. Why didn't you say? So, did you just come home? I did. I came home on the, the following Saturday. And when I got off, the, I was actually coming back from Frisco to, to New York. And I had to move six times on the plane because families wanted to sit together. Nightmare so journey. The, but the you... air hostess, she she called out over the intercom. She says, I'm going to buy this guy a beer because he's after moving six times so that people, families can sit together. So she didn't move you up into first class considering everything went through. No, but I tell you, when I got off the plane in, in New York, I was well steamed. And I mean that. I Everybody on the plane was buying me beer. There was okay. beers coming from everywhere. Okay. <laughs> I, got off the, I got off the plane in Cork at half was 10 on the following Saturday morning. So I left previous Saturday and I got back on the, the Saturday afterwards. And I went into bed at half. Wait a second, 11. I heard you. Did you kiss the tarmac like the Pope? 
I did. I got off the plane. I kissed the tarmac and I said, never again. <laughs> never again do I want to see that country. <laughs> and that's the honest truth. Firstly, did anybody try and talk you out of not leaving and coming back? No? Well, Cluxton did, my buddy. He said, why didn't you just go down and get the green car? I said, nah. I said, this isn't for me at all. I said, this is scary. And when you I came back, because you, you only, you had emigrated to America, <laughs> and exactly one week later you were back in Cork. What did your family think of that, or your pals and your buddies? Well, they couldn't believe it, but obviously my, my wife was delighted now that I did come back. Because <laughs> you met her and married her, I know that. But did anybody think no, it was... No, I, I, I married her. I was going out with her before I went, but I'm, I'm, I got married then in 1996. Oh, right, okay, so the relationship started up again then. But nobody thought, like, did you get a slagging? Oh, big time, big time, sure. Even the place I was working before I left... Um, they, they had a big party for me in, in Dumper Street. Yeah. <laughs> a goodbye party? <laughs> yeah, a goodbye party. There was the real welcome home week. party the next Saturday night then, no? <laughs> yeah, there was a slagging party. That was. <laughs> That's fantastic. I still, have, I still haven't heard the end of it. <laughs> be Do they call you the Yank? <laughs> well, uh, they, they could have called me another word close to that. And... Do, do, do you ever regret it, like? No, God Almighty, no. No, no. Never, if if, if, if I won a, a free month's holidays over there, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't <laughs> go back there. Do they call you, I'm asking you, do they call you the Yank? I think they call you Victor, Mel, Victor Meldrew, do they? Yeah, yeah, Victor Meldrew. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because I'm always giving out about things. <laughs> You know, I don't believe it. Like, this could only happen to me. Well, I mean, I, I think nobody would be able to beat the shortest immigration story in history. <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, my green card is still there. even though, And I still have the passport with the, with the, the stamp approved, you know, immigration. And I flew, like, I mean, just walked through immigration, you know, and stamped it. The thing, oh, Grant, welcome to America. I was coming over, but I said, thanks be to God, it no later. <laughs> oh, did you get I, your three and a half grand back? No. Ah, God, oh, went to America never. for a week, got tapped for three and a half grand, nearly got shot. <laughs> yeah, man, fell, man, got... man died on my shoulder, came home. <laughs> God, yeah, oh, my. That, that's, that's, that's a typical Irish... Story, no, no, no Dermot, it is far from typical, pal. It's far from typical. But thanks for yeah. sharing it all the same, though. <laughs> okay, all right, mate. Oh, man, love it. Take care. Text 0868104106. That now, lads, would be hard to bait, and that's a fact. Sheila, good morning. Good morning, Niall. How are you? <sighs> Me time to catch my breath. Tell us your story. Did you go solo? Yes, I did. And it involved yeah. a fairly lengthy sea trip as well. Go ahead. Where'd you go? I went to Australia. It was nearly for a month. I uh, sailed from Southampton in England to uh, our first stop was Kuala Lumpur, then to South Africa, then to was uh, Melbourne and then Sydney. Originally, I was supposed to get off, I was going to get off in Brisbane, but I had friends that had gone over and met the ship in Sydney and asked me to get off there. So I got off in Sydney. Then. OK, but we are talking about a time when, you know, it was a different world back in 1970. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think I went out about 1969. Right. Okay. And uh, it um 
It was fifteen pounds. Originally, it was ten pounds, but by the time I made up my mind, it was fifteen pounds. Fifteen pounds to travel by sea. Yes, and you, the thing was, you had to stay in Australia for two years, and they would have put you up in accommodation as well for I don't know was it something like was it six months or something like that. Okay. Did you well. have a job there? Were you emigrating to no, work? No, no. Well, th- there was the hope that everybody, because they needed women to populate the country. Was that the and reason no why you're talking yes. about they were specifically looking for women? Yes, and, and of course, workforce as well, because it was, the, Australia wasn't very populated then. Or was there a campaign at the time saying, we are looking for women from around the world to come to Australia to populate the country? Well, I don't think they ever said to populate the country, but I think there was a campaign. You know, it's so long ago I can hardly even I know, remember it. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but I, I remember the trip pounds. now. And the, 15 well, pounds, which like, was nothing. So you went from Southampton and you dotted all the way along until a, month, until a month later you got to Australia. But yeah. what was the trip like? Well, no, it was a huge uh, cruiser. I think it was about, uh, was it three or 4,000? Uh, say emigrants on it and then you had all the staff it, as I said it was a, a SS Australia so it was the name of the cruise ship so it was a Greek liner and um, was it oh, was yes. it plush like posh was it comfortable oh god yeah oh god yes yes of course yeah and I was lucky enough I was on the A deck so I was up top and then you had your decks as you go down below as well and I remember when we got to South Africa the sea was so rough there that they put the the portholes over the the whole the the windows, you know, to keep the ray, the water oh, out. Well, you'd have been going round the yes. Cape Hope, isn't Cape it? Cape Hope, Good Horn, yes. The, is the Horn uh, or the Hope? Anyway, one of them, yeah, right. One of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, yeah, it was fairly rocky, but sir, sure, just get on with it. I remember um, all the points would be sliding, you know, when you're going, you know, because it was so rocky around there. But it was great. I really enjoyed it now. For the first two weeks, I was nearly seasick all the time. Anytime you come near the dining room, you smell food. You just oh, you have to go away. Oh my you God. couldn't and sit there and all that. That was for a yeah. month. God Almighty. But only for the first two weeks now. It wasn't for the whole month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And but so there's a. So was this? If you said there were three thousand people like you, was that an immigrant ship then? It was an immigrant. Yes, it was an immigrant ship. But now there was families on it as well. I, it wasn't, they weren't all single people. There was a lot of families on it. Going to move, Go, to uh, live, starting to live life. in Australia. Isn't that amazing? Because, yes. you know, yeah. you hear about that in the 1840s and 1850s for sure. Yeah. We heard about the Innes Fallons and everything going from the port of Cork and all through yeah. the 1900s, right up to the 80s, actually. Yeah. Uh, but here you were doing the very same thing, but to Australia on a ship. Yes. Yeah, I always wanted to go to Australia. I remember... I must have been very young and I saw a book and it had, was a black and white picture on you and there was just a single tree and it said something about Australia. I said, I want to go there. And then when I was going there, my father advised me to have some sort of a, a qualification before I go because I was making up my mind between Canada and Australia. Yeah. So then I trained as a nursery nurse up in St. Patrick's Infant Hospital in Dublin and then... Uh, had that then, and of course it was cheap to go to Australia. That Very was. cheap at fifteen euro, <laughs> a one a one way ticket, one all the pound, same. Yeah. But still, like that's yeah. even in nineteen seventy, that would have been cheap for a journey like that. But how old were you? I was about nineteen. And you said to the lads, it was very unusual for a girl on her own then to travel like that. Yes, I would think so. Yes. I don't remember. I didn't meet any other single. I met another woman going out as well. Yeah, and I remember we got off in South Africa. Now, this was apartheid. And you had your stop, you know. So anyhow, of course, in South Africa, you know, 
top of the bus to see the sights. Yeah. Always upstairs, and oh, we all these all these black people were looking at us. We were wondering why. And then the bus conductor up. The blacks were upstairs. The whites were downstairs. That's unfortunately the way it was. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? And yeah. then you had the taxis, whites only, blacks only in the restaurants and everything else. Did you find that very strange? Yes, I did. Of course, coming from Ireland, you did. You know why. Why the segregation? Yeah, the separation. Yeah. Why yes. the discrimination? Yeah. Yes. Why the apartheid? Yes. Yeah. Did you yes. stay in Australia? I stayed in Australia for two years when I was home, and in that two years, I actually married someone, came to Ireland, we went to Canada, stayed in Canada for six months. Then we had to go back to Australia because we wanted to emigrate to Canada, so emigrated to Canada. Then, and after that, then I went on to the States, and yeah, seen a bit of the world. And it said when you originally contacted us, as if that wasn't enough, that you're still doing it, thank God. Is that oh solo, yes. solo travelling? Yes. yes, yeah. I will go on my own. Especially before the pandemic, I went a lot on my own. And last year now, I went with my sister and my friend to Budapest. And this year, I'm going to Milan with my friend. But I think I'll take a trip on my own now, maybe in September as well. Have you done other trips solo? Oh, God, yes. Loads of them. Long oh, trips. God, yeah. Long trips. Well, it'll be weekend breaks. Yeah, yeah. Overseas. Yeah, and not, maybe for a week or two weeks or whatever. And you in know, those week or two week solo breaks that you took, were you, did you ever find yourself uh, at risk? Never. Isn't that amazing? Never, yeah, no, never. And I've, I've been to... Never harassed, um, never targeted, never, never robbed? No, nothing, nothing, no. And I usually... Um, most like nearly always I book my flight with uh, Ryanair yeah. and I do my bookings with Airbnb always found them excellent and no complaints at all no I, I can understand the flight aspect of it would be okay yeah. but it's just when you're on your own in strange places no, no. not amazing no I, I would be usually when I'm I'm out early in the morning and I do my travelling around during the day and I'm usually home maybe by 6 o'clock in the evening or Isn't that amazing because a lot of women last week were saying exactly the same thing they certainly do it but they plan it they don't take yeah. risks and they're not out after dark yeah yeah so I suppose that's that's one of the things. And anyhow, I don't think there'd be anybody harassing someone at nearly 71 years of age, well, will they? <laughs> I know that. Well, you don't want it at any age. Great stories, though, particularly yeah. the uh, the ship to Australia with all of those people oh, starting yeah. a new life all back yeah. in the 1970s. Yeah, it was great. And then you always had entertainment and everything on the ship. And I think you could have all your... I was using the drink. I think you could have free drinks and everything. All all the food you wanted and everything. Everything. You had to pay for nothing. I imagine the Australian government were obviously subsidising. Oh, yes, that. of yeah, course. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. They just wanted to be oh, yeah. moved to Australia, as you say. Yeah. So, and you, and, and you, you, did you fall in love in Australia then? Well, I got married anyhow. <laughs> okay. That's a good answer. Well said. <laughs> Write a book, Sheila. There's a book in you, all right? Oh, God, yeah, definitely. All right, mind yourself. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks very for much. I'll talk to you later. You Cheer better you. believe Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. And you can text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. I heard you mentioning, we spoke with a woman on the air last week who was um, the victim of a hit and run. She was in her car, car behind her, smashed into her at speed. She managed no tax, no insurance, no NCT, and legged it in the car. Um, just, you know, you said to her on the air, Neil, that you could claim off the uninsured driver's bureau. The Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Just to say that my sister's car was 
was written off outside our front door while she was in bed in April of last year. The driver that did that was never, ever found. The Gardaí recommended contacting the Uninsured Bureau, Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland. They were nothing but trouble. She got nothing from them. She was given the runaround for months. When she went to renew her own insurance, she ended up losing her no-claims bonus, even though she wasn't claiming offer insurance. And her insurance went up by €400, even though she wasn't even in the car. She also had to buy another car from her savings. All I'm saying is be careful, because the uninsured bureau isn't as neat as it should be, or indeed isn't all it's cracked up to be, says Tanya. That's an awful experience, isn't it, in that regard? Don't worry the insurance. Why would her insurance go up if she never claimed off it? I mean, that, that just seems very unfair to me. Uh, then we had a lot then with regards to GoFundMe. The story last week of Emma, whose little son died, and somebody set up a GoFundMe, and uh, she hasn't seen any of the money. I then referenced Dobby the Cat. The GoFundMe for Dobby the Cat in Vietnam was nothing short of a scam. It enraged me at the time and should never have been allowed to happen. It, it did, though, and, uh, you know, uh, that just goes to show how trusting and generous people can be. Can't come on air um, and talk as I'm in hospital, but these GoFundMes, anybody can set up a GoFundMe, even the rogue ones. Um, anyone, these GoFundMes should be stopped, or at least there should be some way to regulate them. There's a well-known person here in Cork who had over 100,000 raised uh, for herself and said she became cancer-free, that she'd pay it forward, but instead went off and bought a car, trips here, trips there, got teeth done, constant beauty treatments. Um, People called it out online uh, to question it. I even gave money to this GoFundMe, thinking it was for cancer treatment abroad, which never happened. Uh, And then to say cancer-free. It definitely had stopped me from donating to these online GoFundMes. Another one here, I never understand if a GoFundMe is at 10 grand, why doesn't it stop at this amount? Too many chancers get hundreds of thousands and never have to account or write a list where it's ever spent. The biggest scammers live amongst us in County Cork. Bring down the detective unit in Phoenix Park in Dublin to sort out this raffle money. Uh, Drew Harris or MI5 will sort it in Guardford. I think you're being funny or trying to be funny, Jar. I appreciate that you listen all of the time, but for the parent of a child who died, uh, I don't think it's, I think it's far from funny. Uh, so anyway, keep those common texts 086 and we'll come back to it throughout the course of the morning. With regards to the solo travel stories that we've been having the last few days, we have a great prize on this for the best solo travel story, whatever it may be. And it's uh, dinner for two with wine at Spitjack on Washington Street. So keep those stories coming and we'll pick a winner, the best one. Maybe tomorrow or Wednesday we'll, we'll park it and then pick a winner with some great stories so far. So Spitjacks on Washington Street have given me dinner for two with wine. So here we go. Regarding travelling alone, my daughter is currently in Brazil, then Argentina, uh, before days on a ship to Antarctica, where she will be for four days. She, on her own, has already been to Morocco, Denmark, Norway, the Arctic Circle, Cambodia, Malaysia, Myanmar, Germany, Vietnam, Bali, Iceland, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand, Iceland, Netherlands, Italy, all as a solo tourist. She's she's also worked in the Middle East for a year and the Netherlands for another year. I have the fridge magnets from every country she's been to. Lucky I have a big fridge. I was just going to say, you're going to need to get a bigger boat. I would love to talk to your daughter at some stage um, when she gets a break from moving around and can take a phone call because that is some itinerary, isn't it? That's incredible touring all on her own. Anyway, keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Talk 
to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Uh, There's a big pushback against those that wanted to change everything to do a roll dial. Remember, everybody got annoyed. Even, even... The soon-to-be queen rode in on it to leave it alone and don't be messing with the words that people want to use. Uh, and I love the story of Kerry Condon and her frustration about the unacceptability of the word feck or feck this or feck that or feck the other. Uh, just some audio this side of 10 on the words that we want to protect. This is a voice note. A five Neil, I fecking love the word fecking. Fecking this and fecking yeah. that and feck them all too. Good luck, have a great day. And you too. And you too. And then um, for sent me a clip he was chatting about Mrs Doyle uh, in Father Ted have a listen to this to take us up to 10 Father it's a beautiful day out me yes. would you like it on manual or automatic Father um, automatic I think it's a nice day might as well take it easy that's right Dougal you take your time fair Father, I never thought we'd have anyone like her staying here. Hmm? Oh, Miss Clark, yes, it's very exciting, isn't it? A famous novelist here. You've never read any of her books, have you, Father? Actually, I'm a bit of a fan. That's where I was the other day, at her book signing. Well, I'm very surprised to hear that, Father. I didn't think you'd like that sort of thing. I read a bit of one of them once. God, I couldn't finish it. The language, unbelievable. Yes. A bit gritty, but that's the modern world, Mrs. Doyle. Uh, it was a bit much for me, Father. Feck this and feck that. Yes, Mrs. Doyle. You big bastard. Oh, dreadful language. You big hairy arse. You big fecker. Fierce stuff. And of course, the F word, Father. Bad F word. Worse than feck. You know the one I mean? Yes, I do, Mrs. Doyle. F you. F your F and Y. Oh, I don't know why they have to use language like that. I stick this F and pitchfork up your bolo. Oh, that was another one. Oh, yes. I see what you mean, Mrs. Dawn. Bastard this and bastard that. You can't move for the bastards in her novels. It's one to all bastards. Is it, Mrs. Dawn? Anyway. You fecker, you bollocks. Get your bollocks out of my face. <laughs> yes, you, you just go and prepare for the nuns. Ride me sideways is another one. I've never seen an episode of Father Ted. We're going to start watching them later, that's for sure. I don't know how I let that one go by. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you as well uh, to, Car- to Carmel Griffin for your effing, for your, <laughs> for your feckin' voice note. You can send voice notes actually by WhatsApping us. Uh, that's no problem too. Text or WhatsApp and voice note 0868 Back after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And indeed to start the week, Monday Munchies right on cue with Offbeat Donuts. And last week we we ramped up the prize seriously. Um, So each Monday morning now we have five boxes of donuts to give away to a business on Leaside every morning. So when you multiply that up, that's 60 donuts in total will be delivered this lunchtime by Red Patrollers courtesy of Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street.
So that's 60 donuts, right? That's a lot of donuts, five boxes. So you can share them with everybody at work or if there are other businesses around you, you can do that too. So text uh, who you are and where you are, where you're working and why do you and your colleagues deserve uh, this Monday treat of five boxes of offbeat donuts? Text 086-8104-106 and we'll do that a little bit later. I've got a great prize. This is one of the most interesting prizes. The very, very different prize uh, this week and it's a fabulous opportunity to get yourself a Brinks box, the security company, right? They have Brinks boxes. They're like safes and you can subscribe every month to the Brinks box. And then that's the backstory. To, but every day this week, I got 300 euro stored in my own safe here at Red FM waiting for you to win every single day, 300 euro cash. And then on Friday, you have an opportunity to win a Brinks box for a period of time. Now you get the Brinks box or the safe, digitalized, completely secure. You put it in your office or your back office or wherever you do business. You lodge your cash um, in the box and it's automatically then digitally sent to your bank account. And then when your Brinks box is, box is actually full with physical cash, they can come along and they collect it and they lodge it. And it's just an incredible thing. So we've got that to give away on Friday, but until then, we have 300 euro every day to give away. So uh, how am I going to do it? Well, I have a particular code, right? And I will give you the first three digits of a four-digit code. So it could be two, four, six. And you literally come on the air and you guess the fourth code. So if you get it, say, for instance, if a two, four, six, and you say seven... You're wrong, I move on. Let's say the actual answer was nine. So it's, I say two, four, six. You come on the air and say nine, then. Get it? Simple as that. You just literally guess the fourth code. Uh, and you can do that a little later on. We open the phone lines for your business or nominate your own business. Uh, so I'll tell you more about that throughout the course of the morning. For all of the business, 0818104106, pick up the phone. And we're never too far from a scam. And I was telling you earlier on this morning of how, and indeed last week, a real example of how you can be scammed on GoFundMe. Uh, this morning, and this is from the back end of last week, I just didn't get to it. My daughter went to purchase tickets uh, to Kean Ducrow on the Cork City buy and sell page. The girl that she was buying from seemed genuine and even sent a screenshot of the tickets. So my daughter proceeded to send her 40 euro through Revolut. The girl then asked what name she would put on the tickets and after asking that question, she suddenly disappeared. My daughter, young daughter, hard-earned 40 euro scammed. You need to warn your listeners. I know she was lucky that it wasn't more than 40 euro, but we would hate for others to get scammed. I've enclosed the name of the scammer for you, but I'm not sure if the name can be given out. Please tell people not to buy from these scammers. And you did send me the details of whom the person is. And try as we may, we can't get any comeback from that individual. It's not that we'll give up or anything like that, because uh, we have the, the, the phone number and everything that goes with it. But this is on the Cork City Buy and Sell page. So they walk amongst us in all sorts of different guises. And the sad thing about that is your daughter was caught for 40 euro for these tickets that never existed. But there were probably many others besides your daughter who also were caught uh, for the different 40 euros by the same individual. Um, And it just goes to show you're taking people at face value in that online world. Um, and it can be very, very dangerous, unfortunately. Pick up the phone, text 086-8104-106. Can I just mention on Saturday night, I know we've got a lot of issues on Lee's side and we're always very fast to criticise various things. And God knows there are plenty of things that should be criticised uh, about living in Ireland or indeed 
um, you know, living in Cork or, you know, trying to find a home or afford the cost of living or what have you. I don't think that politicians are always that connected. And if they were to walk in the shoes of many of my listeners, even for a day or a week or a month, they'd see exactly how bad it can be. But Saturday night, they had the Cork Business Association uh, Business Awards and dinner down in the Radisson. And it was a full house, over 350 people. I was there and it was fabulous to meet so many different businesses. Many of them were there uh, to celebrate the fact that they're thriving and still there and still hanging in in spite of pandemics and wars and wars and Russian invasion of Ukraine and, you know, energy cost increases and the threat of the online world and everything like that. Uh, But uh, a great night nonetheless and a lot of different awards. And I just wanted to give a shout out to those that actually did win, notwithstanding everybody else that was there. And the Rowdy Foodie won uh, Business of the Year, Small Medium Enterprise Business of the Year, the English market. They have an incredible online website and they sell everything and anything Cork. It's a fabulous uh, business inside the market and also online. Trigon Hotels won the large business of the year. Uh, Manos O'Callaghan won a very special award, Champion of Cork for the Cork Person of the Month and Cork Person of the Year awards. The Chicken Inn, the Poultry and Motion people won Best Cork Family Business. The entire family was there. <laughs> the entire family had a big table there. It was fabulous to see. Imart won Best Tourism and Arts event. Uh, the Kingsley won Best Cork Hotel. Barry's of Douglas won the Best Cork VFI Pub. And uh, the Blue Haven and Kinsale, you know, Rare at the Blue Haven and Kinsale won Best Cork Restaurant. Soma Coffee uh, Company won the Best Cafe. I had a good chat with the people from Soma. Great bunch of people. ERA Downing McCarthy won Best Professional Services Business. Homehack.com won the Best in Digital Business. And Cork Harbour Cruises won Cork's Best New Business Award. And of course, we gave away one of the Cork Harbour cruises around Christmas time, and hopefully in the spring and summer, I'll give away more of them. And Ballymaloo House, where would we be without Ballymaloo? Sustainable business innovation. Uh, so I just wanted to give them all a big shout out. It was a great night. It was incredible because all of the food and the different courses of food was all collaborated by different Cork chefs who all came together to put the different courses together. And it showed, ex- and everything that was served on the night was um, either grown in Cork, reared in Cork. Uh, developed in Cork and cooked in Cork. It was an incredible night down. It just showed everything good and celebrated everything good about Cork on Saturday night at the CBA Awards. Well done to everybody. Uh, back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 106. Red FM. Uh, yes, indeed. You know, we were talking about pints there recently. I just saw a text come in there on Friday. Apparently, you'll get yourself a pint of stout down in a bar called Helen's Bar in Laura in a place called Kill Macalogue in Laura for three ninety a pint. Three ninety. So that's as low as I've seen it now. If anybody can beat that, three ninety. There's another one then, Johnny's Bar in Adrigal is around the four euro mark. So they're the kind of prices that we were talking about recently. And, you know, there are all sorts of scams and all sorts of different fashions. My son got a letter from the HSE to say that his date of birth, his name and his MRN, that's your patient number, and his PPS number was hacked. He's 21 and he's worried about it. Don't give his name because he'd get very upset. It's an issue, actually, because other people that are saying they've started, those that have been hacked in the HSE hack are saying they're starting to get really weird contacts. Can't come on air about an experience um, similar to the ones you spoke about. You remember we were talking on the air with people who were getting really weird scam calls and they also had been hacked in the HSE hacked. I got a letter about two weeks ago from the HSE stating that I was one of the many who had their information leaked. I've been getting the same kind of calls from a man and he's saying that I have a Bitcoin account that has been frozen with 400,000 euro worth of Bitcoin in it. I'm also a third year student in MTU at the moment and I really hope 
um, for the best for all of our students. Has my data been hacked? The man on the phone had all of my information. He had my full name, date of birth, home address. People need to be careful when they get calls and texts like this. Absolutely they do. But where did he get all of your information? Last week it was people saying that they were getting these calls and they had been HSE hacked. You're getting them now from Zengizer saying, give me your details, your bank account details. We have 400 grand worth uh, of Bitcoin for you. And you're a third year student in MTU. So very, very worrying indeed. Keep those common text 868 104 106. Now, I should have an update at some stage this morning from Paul, who was living in his car with his two dogs on the keys. Hopefully, we'll have an update on that. And I'll also be updating with Ashling, uh, who unfortunately has cancer. And hopefully, um, I'll be able to update because there were some great responses last week to the conditions that she's living in and how she literally um, is really, really struggling. And a lot of you guys wanted to come to her aid. And indeed, some have even visited her since she was on the air with me and describe her as a lovely, genuine, kind woman. Um, but I know when I was away, uh, the Mick Mulcahy spoke to Michelle. Now, I wasn't part of that conversation because I wasn't on air at the time, but Mick did speak to her and she was living in a car. And if I remember correctly, Michael McGrath was on the air. Michelle, good morning. Good morning. Was Michael Thanks McGrath... Was Mike, ah, you're welcome. Was Michael McGrath on the air on the same morning? And did Mick ask Michael McGrath to look into your case? Um, he did. Okay. And but then, to just remind people, why, for how long and how come you ended up living in a car? Um, so I suppose it's 28 months now. Um, and I suppose the only... The easiest way to answer how come is, I suppose, private rental market kind of sums that up, I think. So you had somewhere? Yeah, but private rental market, Neil, you know, I think that's what people will will understand, just the cost of rental. Absolutely, 100%. It was the high exorbitant rent then. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, time has passed and, uh, you know, things have moved on since then, but and I have had respite, and I suppose since Michael McGrath rang me once, after being on your show um, with Mick Mulcahy, um, I have had no. I haven't been able to. Uh, get, I haven't been able to gain any access directly to him since then. And um, I suppose different things have happened in the meantime. But the main thing that happened was uh, in July. Then a few weeks after he rang me, I had an offer again of Simon from the city hall, but I, I declined that offer um, because uh, you know I, I I won't ever sleep in there. And so then things move on, and you where, just do the where, best where, you was, can. where was the offer for? For uh, Simon, yeah, Cork, in, Simon, in Cork. Yeah, okay, in Cork. Yeah, right, down yeah. on the so, keys. Anderson's key. Yeah, Anderson's key. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose, Not far um, from ideal for sure. Yeah, far from ideal. Yeah. So I suppose the position I'm in now is um, all of last week. I I mean I, I went into a B&B myself for one night because um, I got a good price. So I suppose then since Monday morning when I left there I've been down to Michael McGrath's office nearly every day I've been emailing I've been phone calling um, and I suppose there's one assistant in his office who is telling me that she's doing what she can which yeah. is just emailing City Hall but um, How do I you suppose, get a good deal on B&B? Do you ring around looking for a rate is it? No uh, no. you just check online and then you see a good rate on one of these booking websites and then I just ring directly What would so a good rate they, be uh, Michelle? Uh, 75 or 80 euros a night. For a bed and breakfast? You think that's a good rate? Um, it, it is, considering what the prices are usually. I for mean, bed and breakfast? 75 euro for bed and breakfast? 
that's that's good compared to the prices that you see. It's booking.com that, uh, you know, I just Google and then all the prices come up on booking.com, but that is good. For one um, night? For one night, Doesn't yeah. Doesn't it really show how crazy things have got? Like, I'm far from a cheapskate, but that's not far off what I'd want to pay for a hotel room. And I'd want a pool yeah, there, is, I'd want a it, bar, it, and I'd want a restaurant. But it's a lovely B&B, it's a very nice B&B, um, in, just, kind of on, just as you leave the city. Where so, would you um, find €75 Euro for a bed for the night? You just take it out of your weekly income, and that's why you can only do it for a night, um, or, or two nights, and I did it three nights as well. Um, and the other uh, nights? After, after Christmas... Um, I've had temporary here and there which offers you some respite and then in the car so I suppose the position I'm in at the moment is I suppose I was so upset at kind of the lack of access to Michael McGrath that I rang the Department of Finance on, on Thursday um, where he where his office is in Dublin and um, a nice man there called Kieran and um, took my call and he was just saying keep doing what you're doing keep and, and keep calling into Michael McGrath and he told me that Michael McGrath does constituency hours as far as he's aware on Friday and Mondays but the problem is down in Cork the Cargill Line officer telling me that Michael McGrath isn't doing constituency hours at all because he's too busy as a minister mm-hmm. and that the Dublin office mightn't be aware and then on Friday That could be the downside of having a minister you know that sometimes the local stuff can be a bit on the old back burner yeah, but he hasn't been available to me since he rang me initially in the summer. Now, where, where are you? Are you on? Are you on a city council housing list, for instance? Yeah. So, just in relation to the housing list, um, I tell you where I'm at with the housing list. I'm, I'm on the list almost twenty years, but there's a problem because they took me off and all this type of thing. And Michael McGrath said he would help me with that, but. Um, a letter needs to be written to the council in relation to that, and I told uh, I told the assistant that I, I I'm not I can't write that letter, mm, so mm. that's that's there, that's on the side and at the moment. But Michael McGrath has had indicated during the phone call that he would help me with that. Okay. So so I'm almost two decades on the housing list. Two but decades. But I suppose at the moment, at the moment, need, yeah. But yes, but if your paperwork isn't in order and. I know. I understand. Either you're on it, yeah, you're on it for a period, then you were, then you were off it, or whatever the case may be. But when you go back to day one, it was twenty years ago. Yes, yes, and they have told me there a year and a half ago that they took me off it for a particular reason. So, um, along with a lot of other people, so they do have a record of me somewhere. But they just they just dumped people off the list for some reason or other. Yes, yes. So we we just haven't been able to find it in my records, but. That's what Michael McGrath is going to help with. But, so they haven't um, told you the reason or anything? Um, yeah, they said they took everybody who at some point received um, some state assistance under the rent allowance, that they just took them all off the list and put them on another list somewhere else. But then there's some debate. But about hold on a second. That means to me that the lists that were being given by City Hall might well be manipulated in some way or another. The official list that they release with regards to the amount of people on a housing list. Yeah, but, um, you know, this kind of is going back a very long time and maybe in 2016 the politicians were discussing it because I remember it being in the media and they were discussing it, but I, I think the discussion stopped because I think it's something that could be rectified, you know, so, I mean, I suppose I won't know that until Michael McGrath starts helping me with that and 
you know, but you did, but, uh, you know, uh, may, it may be 20 years ago and you went on a housing list, but you did have somewhere privately, the rent got exorbitant way outside of your budget. And what yeah, have you. on and, and off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you ever received rent allowance, then yeah, they I know. would take you off that list and put you somewhere else on a different list. And then that list, they don't know where that list is in relation to me anyway. So, but I mean, I just need but, to keep doing yeah. freedom no, I, of information I, I, requests, but that's time consuming and it's something that... I still, I'm still working on, but I can't do that right now. You were saying last year that your life is wasting away. I'm completely destroyed at this point. I don't have a life. I'm completely isolated from society. What about? I mean, you're you're in Cork. You are you from Cork? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about friends? What What about family? What happened all the way along the road? You know, I suppose um, this man Charles from the Department of Finance, who explained to me he's actually working for Pascal. I don't know who know he telephoned me on Friday because he said the switchboard told him. Yeah. So I was down in Michael McGrath's office. They wouldn't let, they, they always let me in. They didn't let me in. So I was quite upset. And I happened to be to just ring the Department of Finance um, to just ask with Michael McGrath doing any clinic hours in Cork. So the switchboard was trying to get somebody for me. And by the time I walked back to my car, I was quite upset because I was so humiliated that Michael McGrath's office wouldn't just let me in to just let me ask, you know, can I put, book an appointment to at some time to see him. So by the time I got back to my car, I said to the man in Dublin, I'm, you know, I'm at my car. If you don't mind, I'm going to finish this phone call. So an hour later, I received a phone call from this Department of Finance mm. person. And um, sorry, I've lost track now of what you asked me, but it's, rel- it's well, I, in relation to what you just asked me. So I suppose... Um, yeah, he asked me questions. He said, what about your network of people? What about family? Yeah, yeah, let's not, worry, let's not worry about what they asked is, you. Just just deal with me. No, but the answer is family, friends, network. The answer is post-pandemic and cost of living. So that's where everybody's at. And I suppose it's really important for, for me to be allowed to be an autonomous person. Yeah. And I suppose the, the, the only reason I ran today is I heard Paul on your radio on show Friday, on Friday. Yeah. And I just thought... Yeah, but he's just like me, and I heard him saying, "I go to city hall, I do emails, nothing changes." So I suppose, you know, he just—he sounds like such a regular guy to me, and that's just the way it is. And to be honest with you, need any of us going into city hall, you would need an advocate with you. And even it's come to—I mean, I can't go into city hall on my own. I did last Monday, but I won't be doing it again because I used to do it all the time at the beginning, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's not something that one can do on their own. I would, you would need somebody with you. And but give me your reason why you feel you would need somebody to advocate on your behalf. Um, I, yeah, see, I'm just worried about getting bogged down in all the ins and outs because I don't really want to be discussing City Hall because I'm in a very vulnerable position and I'm relying on City Hall for emergency so accommodation. So you don't to be di- so, criticising, I understand. Yeah, no, I'm getting into too much detail about it, all the so ins and outs. So what's it been like in the, you know, I mean, what's it been like in, in the car? Uh, do you move it around or is it stationary? Do you have all your belongings in it? Yeah, like you move it around, you know, I've had some respite temporary stays here and there, so yes, you move your belongings with you, you move your belongings out of the car if you can stay somewhere for a week, two weeks, three weeks, so, you know, all that is, stuff is kind of ongoing, but... I suppose really the the reason why I rang the show this morning was because I was just ringing to see if the public nothing's would be willing changed. to help me. Yeah. Nothing's changed and nothing, nothing will except for that if I could get a safe bed, as I would call it, um, things were about to change. I, I was about to, you know, there's a place I've, I've joined, kind of a gym where I can just do an exercise class, not a gym, but just you can go every and day. And what do you do for do food though? Class. I mean, how do, um, how do, you, how do you get by? Um, you see, Neil, when you're in this situation, 
the, the only thing I'll say to you is I can eat breakfast in the morning, whatever type of breakfast, great, and that's it. You, you, you know, you, you don't eat. You, you, a lot of the time you just don't eat. You don't have appetite to eat. You don't, your body can't even, you know. Been, so I'm trying not you, to focus on I'm trying not to focus on all of that because I've been keeping really positive. Okay. So I'm trying not to focus so on any of that. So me talking to you about it will bring you down. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, I yeah. Understand. I'm trying Listen, to, I understand. It's your living what that I, what life. I'm, I accept that. Yeah, but what I'm, what I'm actually looking for is, is can, would the public be willing to start ringing Michael McGrath's office to help me, just to ask him, can you support Michelle to get a safe bed? Because I've been asking him for a particular bed. He knows where it is and and a safe funny, bed where is that safe. what is that is that a flat is it a house share no, what is it's it like, it's, it's a hotel that's no longer open to the public it's it's um it's 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 um really safe because it's um they actively monitor like all of the cctv and um, 24 hours a day okay if you 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 you, you would have your own bedroom um, so you turn your key and that's that's your and bedroom. could you have that for a, a, how long could you have that for is that temporary well, any emergency accommodation that the city hall gives you is, is is based on on really nightly because because they they so can if you, move if you, you were to they, get that they can move then, you whenever they want yeah. they can move you whenever you want but you know you could have it for a week you could have it for two weeks you could have it for six months and you okay could have it for two so months. As, so as soon as you got on your feet then you would have it for that would allow you to kind of bring your to put your life back together again and and restart Definitely. and and hopefully even start working again and independently yeah, because I had an offer I had an offer of just doing a few weeks just like an internship or you know intern just to get me back to that, that you know, I know yeah to, to I know that's good, yeah. that I, so so somebody known to me was go, was just going to once I had if I could get that safe bed, they were just going to give me a couple of weeks to just, and then see, just to, to because, get Because, because it is unsafe in a car, isn't it? Has it been unsafe? It's, yes, it, it has, and as well, your physical health goes, goes down, but... does. Yeah. Um, I don't want to think about all that stuff. Okay. I all right. Need, I'm trying yeah. to focus on Mike McGraw and okay. getting help. From okay. Because this McGraw is going on way too long at this stage. If I was talking to you, I think Mick Mulcahy was talking to you, but I think I was even talking to you before that. So I've been talking to you for over a year now at this stage. I know, but I disappear. That's what that's what hidden homeless is. I know. Uh, you don't have to listen. I understand. It's just that yeah. it it's just hasn't changed in the nearly eight or ten months. No, but that's to, that's to be expected. I mean, all the people in hidden homeless would understand that, yeah, you know, because yeah. you see, you just muck along, you try and do the best you can. Absolutely, but see, I I forget about the stories if if I don't hear any more, and I think, okay, that must have been resolved know, or what have you. Unfortunately, it hasn't. Well, I, I'm I'm happy, and we're happy to do anything that we can. Contact whomever yeah, is needed. Yeah. Okay, I spoke to like the assistant down in Michael McGrath's office this morning, but you see, she is trying to be helpful, and and she's just telling me all she can do is send a letter to the council. But you see, I suppose what I'm saying to her is it's come to the point where you see, other people would say that the assistant is not the elected representative well, and neither am I if I'm advocating for myself. But Michael well, McGrath is the Irish Examiner yeah. Friday or Saturday. Uh, I don't know, it's the Friday edition or the Saturday because I saw it online. Michael McGrath has, is in the Irish Examiner and he's talking about the moral obligation that we have towards others. So, what does he mean by others though? Is it refugees? Well, not he's just he's just saying Ukrainians. He's not even saying all of the refugees because I don't agree with. Well, perhaps with, we do. But I we don't also, agree with yeah. refugees said, being treated differently. I think they, all the refugees should be treated the same. So he says we have a legal said, duty to help Ukrainian refugees, but we also have a responsibility to our own. But but he's kind of also saying that even if there wasn't a legal duty, there's a moral obligation. But the thing is, I asked his assistant this morning. I said, 
But, you know, I, I said, but if he was willing to meet me, would he feel that he would have a moral obligation to help me? But, you know, I mean... Well, you're, you're absolutely, absolutely, he, absolutely he should and hopefully would because you're a Cork woman living in a car, desperate for a long, long time, nearly a year to my knowledge, uh, trying to find a safe bed. So absolutely. Yeah, we may and, have international and, 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 obligations, for sure we do. But we also have obligations to our own. Yeah, and the place that I'm talking about, I, I just don't want to name it because... That's all right. But, That's but all the right. thing is, it, it's full of single, other single people, you know. And what it is, is it, it's just they're not coming from a background of, you know, just the complications of maybe addictions and that type of thing. So, well, um, listen, everybody, yes, everybody has their own story to tell and, and needs a leg up to hopefully restart their lives. Uh, you may not have addiction issues or any kind of issues like that, but it doesn't make you any less of a candidate to be helped. No, no, but I'm just saying that the place that I'm asking Michael McGrath to help me get into is just, just that all the other people are similar to myself in that we're just straight up need, we just need the room, okay, you know. Okay, Like we don't need all the secondary supports, you know, that maybe people with addictions would need. So, okay, well listen, you can, be damn sure a lot of, you can be damn sure that an awful lot of the people who have a role to play in this are either listening to this or will hear about it and we will contact them as well uh, again to see if we can get this one resolved on your behalf, Okay. Okay, and do you think I could ask like anyone listening to your show if they would be willing to ring Michael McGrath's office to ask as well, or because I'm just thinking if more mm. people if 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 more people support me with the asking, maybe I'll have. Well, well, just hold off, hold off on anybody doing that because all sorts of different calls will be made, and some of them will be probably very unkind. And the person who's answering the phone, so yeah, because they, yeah, let's not bombard. Really important. That's not bombarding. Yeah, to say that she, the, the assistant right. who's been trying okay. to help me, has been supporting me. Good, glad to hear um, it. So yeah. le, let's so, not so. turn the heat up in any way in that regard. That could be upsetting uh, for other people involved. But let's make a couple of calls and see what happens in that regard. All right. Okay, thank okay. you. All right. Okay. Okay, thanks. All right, Michelle. Um, okay, thank you. Don't be too far away because we'll be back to you. That's for sure. Willie, good morning. Uh, can you hear me now, Will? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he dropped there. I know he did. Yeah, it's okay. I can get to him. It's not a problem. Just want to update on Paul's situation living in the car from Friday back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. How wrong is it that the hotel sector cries about the government increasing VAT to 13% and then fleece people whenever they can at the same time? They actually damage the sector as people are keeping away because of the prices, says Anthony, and uh, gave you prices this morning as to how they just go crazy crazy uh, when there's a lot of demand and a typical example of that could be hotel prices uh, on the weekend of the St. Patrick's Festival. Now, uh, let me just go back to this because I want to just chat with uh, Willie. Uh, there's an update with regards to Paul's situation, him living with his two dogs on the keys. Uh, Willie, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Fair play to you. I know you got in touch with us on Friday after we chatted with Paul on the air. Uh, with an offer for him. What what has happened since uh, you spoke to the lads here on this show on Friday? Um, Paul has come to me yesterday, yesterday evening, and um, he spent the night there last night, and we got on great, so there was no problem. I'm delighted to have him, and he's, he's a very nice chap, to be honest. Okay. Now, his friend, I have got contact from his friends just to get verification that he's okay and all that, you know, so... I'm happy enough. So you, you did your own little bit of work there. Anyway. You, you did your own little bit of work to get people to vouch for him because it's a exactly, big ask. Yeah. Look, it's a big ask. Yeah, exactly. Sure, I had to kind of have a bit of a background check, you know. I, you know, um, 
I didn't want to be in a bad situation myself either, but I was on to the, I reach out and help the guy as well, you know, so it, it seems to be okay. Like, we there was no problem last night. We had we sat down and watched TV together and all the rest of it, and we, we got on great. Where is, like, he, st- where is he staying? Has he got a bedroom in your place, is it? Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. He has a bedroom in my apartment, yeah. What about the dogs? They're there too. Not a bother with the two of them? No, 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 no. They were a bit nervous when they saw me first, but I actually have... 36 dogs myself in, in my own band's house <laughs> so once they started to get the smell off me they were jumping all over me we were like best friends like we were born together <laughs> you're not saying 3 dogs or 6 dogs you're saying 36 dogs yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> why Why so many ah uh, look I'm not getting into that no it's just they're we they're <laughs> love dogs they're a pack of Harriers, so look. <laughs> no problem. I oh, I love here. them. They're fabulous. I see the Harriers running across Valencia Island. It's fabulous to watch them go. So that's yeah. that's fantastic. So Because it's a big ask, you know? It's a big ask. Ash, look, it could be anyone in the morning. These things happen. People, like, he's a genuine nice guy, so I'm willing to give him a chance. And just hopefully we can all, between us all, between you and... and um, Seamus Perno that was on to me over the weekend we might be able to get him back on his feet some bit you know what I mean I think this is getting him on this is getting him on the road to getting back on his feet because the next thing now and he's you know he'd be able to you know listen he's got somewhere to have a shower and somewhere to have proper meals and everything he's a chef himself so there's no problem there but the next thing um, I would like if someone could if he got an offer of a job I'd be delighted for him just to get him back on his feet from someone out there you know what I mean absolutely so he did work in chefing he was chefing he, he was did, in hospitality yeah, before things he's actually he's a plumber by trade as well back in the day so he has you know but he, he's he's willing to work you know anything at all you know in fairness and he, he said that to me last night he's no problem in, in trying starting at the bottom of the ladder again just to get out of where he is do you know what I mean okay so you're in Middleton right um, it, would be, it would be great if it was in that greater East Cork area wouldn't it exactly yeah exactly. super stuff yeah. let's see if there's anybody out there he like, he, like he, he's probably he doesn't drive or anything so you know closer to home would be ideal for him but look you know Let's see if there's somebody out there in hospitality who's willing to take a punt on him just like you did to help him back exactly. on his feet. Isn't that a good idea? That's what all we can hope for. And that's, that's what I'd hope for, like, you know. I love it. That's fantastic. He's a genuinely nice guy, like, and there's no problem. I, you know, I got on great with him, as I say, and, and I, I would vote for him even after one night, but, you know, we'll see where it goes. Okay, well, well fingers crossed and that things go from strength to strength from him. And fair play to you for helping on that journey. Well done. Exactly. No problem. Okay, thanks, Willie O'Brien. Appreciate it. Well done. Thank you so much. Thank you. Looking after a young lad who needs a leg up. If there's anybody in hospitality, particularly in the East Cork area now, he's in and around the Middleton areas where he's settled for now. But you never know, somebody could be out there who is actually looking to hire. uh, And I can put you in touch. And, uh, you know, maybe you might consider taking a chance and see what happens. It could make a world of difference. If you can, text 0868104106. On a lighter note, you're also texting uh, for our great giveaways this week, primarily our superb five box of donuts. So I'm asking you to let me know who you are or where you are, where you're working. And most importantly, why you feel you deserve uh, five boxes of offbeat donuts. That's 60 donuts. You might be sharing it with other businesses. So, t- so text or WhatsApp where you're working and why you need to start the week 
uh, with uh, a Monday munch because it's the Monday munchies with Offbeat Donuts. Text 0868 104 106. We'll pick a winner in an hour's time. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, please don't be calling um, uh, constituency offices uh, because uh, that's that's not the right thing to do at this stage. You've got enough to be doing with regards to my conversation with Michelle. Please don't call. Uh, we're working on it at the moment. In fact, uh, I know that even Seamus McGrath brother of uh, the minister, Seamus McGrath, the councillor, has been in touch with us. And I'll update on Michelle's story again with you. But just uh, cool the jets for now and hang in there. It's a pity they didn't cool the jets down in Cove. I was sent some, uh, yet another one of these fights um, between a couple of, of schoolgirls, uh, which was shared online. Um, awful. And some other clown then is filming the two teens, both girls from Cove, you know, egging them on, egging them on. Uh, I think one of them ended up having to get hospital treatment because of it. Uh, but I know we shared it on Facebook, wondering why in the name of God do people try and tear the hair and kick the living daylights out of each other in schools? And this is, I'm not saying every school, but it was a school fight in Cove. Uh, thanks for highlighting this, Neil. I saw the video and for once I'm glad it got around. It was horrific. Same thing happened last year to my daughter, but there was no video, so no much, not much could be done. The same girl started the fight and the same guy was with her. After eight years of sweat and training, my daughter had to quit her swimming club due to the damage done to her shoulder. The guards in the school are involved this time. Karma is a B-I-T-C-H, as long as you have your patience, and we have patience. Last year, when my daughter was attacked, there were four involved. Two girls, two boys. One of them claimed that it was a one-on-one when it was actually two girls. One girl was 20 years old who did the attacking. The other girl involved only got a J-L-O. Um, my daughter got a damaged shoulder for life, I'm told. And another physical attack from a second male in the group. Uh, and all he got was five days suspension. After that, she became an easy target for verbal and constant physical abuse in the school. As they now know, nothing much can happen to them. I'd love to come on, but I'd be afraid because one of the parents would tell their child they heard me on air and my daughter would be a target again. It's just unbelievable. It really and truly is. I'm not sure if you've seen the video. I have. It's doing the rounds, the fight between the two teen girls in Cove. The incident took place just after school. One of the girls required hospital treatment. The beating she got was so bad. There was a guy videoing it and egging on the attacker. It's horrible. It's horrific. I find it sad how young girls are doing this to each other to prove who's tougher. What's the reason behind these fights? Not that any reason is justification for what happens. What starts them? What's the grudge? Anyway, back to the email. People don't realize the damage these fights can cause to a young woman in so many ways. It's absolutely desperate, carry on. Um, one seemed to pick on the other and the instigator did most of the fighting. I feel it's an, I feel it, uh, I feel it's such acts, if such, that should be, if such acts are not immediately nipped in the bud, there will be more causing grievous harm to follow. Shame to say I'm from Cove. More ashamed to say I'm from Cove having seen this video. Growing up here, we were always so proud of our town. It appears there is no respect anymore. That's what we're raring, though, nonetheless. And, um, you know, half of, the, half of the joy of it, I suppose, is to catch it on video and to share it online. That's half the gig now, isn't it? Anyway, text 0868104106 on that one. Anne, good morning. Hi, Anne. Oh, sorry. Did, did the fi- your grand girl, you're just chatting to me. Did the fire brigade actually tell you that your house should be condemned? Yeah, they said it was um, it wasn't like fit for living over the electrics and 
like they told me to leave basically they said it was unfit for human habitation it should be condemned and you should leave immediately yeah and are you a tenant of Cork City Council yes why doesn't that surprise me what happened so why are they saying what happened to the electrics Oh, the electrics, the sockets. Um, I have, if I have a shower or the kids, it's just the water's leaking through down on top of my microwave and and the plugs and things. Um, the sockets, like they're hanging from the wall. Um, the windows, like I just, there's so, so many problems and I'm ringing City Hall every morning and I'm not getting no response whatsoever. I'm not even getting a call at the door. Are some of the houses collapsing? Is some of the house collapsing? Well, the, the extension, you could say, at the kitchen that when I moved in, it was fine. But the extension, the walls, my tiles are falling from the walls. Fire, fire, the fireplace collapsed. Oh, the fireplace collapsed Friday and the two sides of the walls collapsed. But Anybody hurt? But Any children there? Oh, there was four kids there, yeah. Four, near, four near, young kids. Was anybody near it when the, the whole thing collapsed? Oh, yeah. Well, it was collapsing and I, I just tried to shove it back in and I was at the fire brigade. I was on the phone at the same time. And the fire brigade said, just get out of the house at the minute we're coming. Was it lighted so at the time? It was. It was lighting. Yeah. The Good was actually God. entering the girl's room upstairs for the past couple of weeks. But they were telling me they were smelling gas. And I said, you couldn't be smelling gas because my central heating was broke. And so you, you could have been poisoned in your sleep. You could have well, had carbon did, monoxide. Yeah, the girls might never have woken up. Exactly, exactly. That's why we slept in the front room for the past couple of uh, nights. Like, we're sleeping on an air bed in the front room because it is, like, I have no heating upstairs and when it's a cold night, we'll get, my mum have only a one-bedroom apartment. She cannot keep us. It's in a response apartment. Did you ever, do you ever get any shocks or electric shocks from the electricals? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. You're joking me. I do, yeah. Like, they're exposed. I can see the wires are exposed, so I have to put tape around them. But have you ever turned something on and got a shock? Yeah. It's like, if we plug something in, I won't leave my daughters plug their chargers in or anything. I'll do it. <sighs> because you'll get a bang. I, yeah. Like, I, I, I was my hand off and just, boom. Like, back, like, you know, so... It's just not fit for living, and it's just my my health is just deteriorating over the house. It's just deteriorating because I like I'm trying my best. And what are the houses around? Is this in and around Fair Hill? Is it? Yeah. Okay. And what are the houses around you like? They're well. They're all well. They're all old houses as well. But I'm the gable end, and it's. Just damp. Like, I have black mildew and everything behind my headboard. Uh, I have to move my 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 bed just to clean it and it's back again. And how old are they? How old are those? Are they one of the originals that were built back in, like, how old? 70s? 40, 50s? 60s? What? 
fifties. Fifties, okay. So yeah. they're the far, you know, yeah. some of the earlier right now. There'd be shock and insulation in those anyway, that's for sure. Now oh, they give they give me insulation in the attic and that was it. But the walls are weeping and there's mould and mildew and... Yeah, yeah, and my my windows are not closing properly. So the house is rotting, that's what's happening. The house is rotting and everything's rotting around you. Because because there would be be a certain amount of uh, upkeep and maintenance that you'd need to be doing yourself. I'm assuming you've been trying to stay on top of things like over the years. Exactly, I'm trying, I'm trying. I can only do so much. I'm like, I'm a lone parent with four, four young girls. And in their bedroom, their window is not opening as a normal window would open, it's just falling out. So we've to keep that closed at all times and telling them. And as, as as the smoke was entering the room, I went upstairs the other day and the smoke was just lingering, lingering around their bedroom that I was, oh my good God, where's it coming from? But my chimney breast is the one level of their bedroom and... It came from the hot press. It was coming from the hot press. Yeah, the fire brigade said my chimney is cracked and not to light it. And the city council came up with two oil heaters that you plug in. And I said, I have three bedrooms. I said, and I need one for downstairs. And he said, that's all we have down in the depot. Two, two oil heaters, two little small oil rods. Two little small. Did they take yeah. a look around the house when they came up? The fire brigade did. The, the the council didn't. Did you ask them? Listen, would you please come in and look at the conditions as you are landlords for this property that myself I, and my four girls have to live in? I'm yeah. I'm I'm doing that on a daily basis, and there's no one coming up. And when I asked the um, foreman on Friday, when he no sorry, he came Saturday morning. Um, I asked him, would you please um, have a look at what I'm living in? He said, somebody will be up to Monday morning. I rang this morning. They said, we got no report. I put that in for logging. And that was it. Why did your man say there'd be somebody up to you on Monday morning then? Oh, just for, oh, for, just for the fireplace. But nobody, but it wasn't, fire. nobody, nobody came and nobody was ever going to come. Nobody was booked in. no. No, no, that's that's what they said this morning. They said, no, um, okay, um, I put that in for logging. Yeah, but as you rightly said, you wouldn't put a dog in a house like that. Oh, my God, I, I see dogs in better homes. And as I said, my kids, are, like, they, I'm trying to keep up with their schools and, like, their uniforms. I have no way of drying them now, only just by outside, and I bring them in at night and... Like, what do the girls well, say? What? How do they feel about it all when you chat with them? Do they bring it up? Or do they just try and put a brave face on or what? They, yeah, they're putting a brave face on. Just for me, I think. But you must be worn out. Are you worn out? I'm worn. I'm exhausted from it. I'm just exhausted. Mentally just, and physically. Mentally and physically. I'm exhausted. I just, I cannot do it anymore. The house is freezing. I'm actually sitting here and I'm freezing. It's warmer. It was warmer outside yesterday. We have to go, like, visiting. Warmer outdoors. You have to go to all the people's yeah. homes to get a heat, is it? Just did, and just daily, 
just go out because we cannot sit in the home. It's not a home. So when the girls are home and all of them are of school age, some primary, some secondary, where did they do their lessons and things like that? They must be, they have loads of clothes on doing their homework. Loads of clothes on and we're all in the one room. Body heat, I call it. Body heat to the kids, I says, and we're all just in the one. You try and make light of it, like, is it? Yeah. Do you all sleep together together to keep each other warm? Yeah, yeah. Off each other's body heat? Yeah, and I tell them, I says, because they want to sleep in their own room and I'm afraid over the smoke. I've, like, I'm, I'm, so the smoke must be gone now, is it? Like, there's nothing lighting anymore. Oh, no, I can't. There's no, I'm not allowed to no, light no, it. No, I know. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I am just... I'm just exhausted from it, really, to try to keep up with it. And You're totally exhausted. Kids. And tell me, what's the story? Can you cook or anything? I cook, but, like I said, by the time... By the time, basically, by the time I get the food into the front room... It's freezing because I'm cooking in the kitchen and like I said, there's no eating and it, like they're eating not cold dinners but just barely warm and then the kids will mention it and I heat them back up in the microwave where I cook a fresh dinner that's supposed to be hot. They're just, they're putting on a brave face for me. How do you feel about how the treatment that you're getting? Oh, I just feel that I don't exist. I feel I don't exist over them. Like, why are they not coming up to me? And why are they not helping me? Why am I living in these conditions? Why are they leaving me living in these conditions? I just feel... Are like they aware feel. that you want out of the place, that it's a condemned building in the, with, in, through the eyes of the fire brigade? Are you on a transfer or anything? No. No, I'm not on the transfer. So, like, that um, house is inhabitable. No matter what you do with that, you couldn't put that right? No way. No way. I've got brilliant letters from the, the schools because the kids go in, um, like, chest infections and everything, and they told, they told me, give these to the city hall. I ventured into the city hall to say that they're sick all the time because... Of the, the, the coldness. The why damp. don't you count? Why why aren't you important enough to have it fixed for you? Exactly. I why? don't know. I just I'm, I'm invisible to them. Why are you I invisible? I do. I just do not know. I don't know. I do not know. I just feel. I. I just my, like I said, my mental health has gone down over them. I'm trying to keep up with the house, and I'm getting nowhere. And I'm physically exhausted. And the girls are trying to keep up with their schooling as well so they don't get left behind. It's far from ideal in that regard. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I could I could write a book, I really could, uh, with regards to the stories down through the years of the conditions that people find themselves living in, um as as tenants of Cork City Council. Uh, yeah. years ago they had lots and lots of staff that they'd be able to deal with issues like that, but of course it doesn't exist anymore. It's all contracted out. Um, there aren't enough people contracted out so that they can respond to all of the cases but I think that a lot of the time some of the worst landlord cases that I hear about are Cork City Council as landlords it doesn't make you feel any better to hear that but I can tell you one thing you're not the first nor the last story like this yeah I know I just had to get it out there just to let 
like to just, even if they're here they might do something uh, they'll hear alright because we'll be in touch with them anyway by uh, by midday today to see they won't talk about individual cases but usually it tends to make a difference now as to how good things will be for you going forward I don't know uh, I, I don't know hopefully I don't know um, if they moved you to a, a travel lodge or a hotel or something, that'd be that wouldn't be a solution, sure, wouldn't? No, no, no. Right. I'd have too many kids to stay in the like I, like they they are hyper kids, and I don't think a hotel would be able to put up with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're yeah. girls. Yeah. Like I have four girls. So that adds to your exhaustion, I suppose. All right, let's let's see what they have to yeah. say on the matter, Anne. All right. Okay, thank you right, so much. Try and hang in there for now. Cheers. We'll be back to you with some news if we have any. It's absolutely cruel, really, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, what can you do? I mean, that's not the first time I've had stories like that, and it won't be the last. Back after 11, text 0868 I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie, and you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Okay, very soon I'll be opening up our phone lines and texts for 300 euro daily cash to give away courtesy of ourselves and the Brinks box Uh, On Friday you will have an opportunity to get one of these Brinks security boxes to put in your own office It's an incredible piece of kit It lodges the euros that you put inside to your account the next day. So you put it into the Brinks box. I guess you do something. I'd hope to see one of them, see them in action, but I haven't as of yet. But they physically then come and collect the physical cash when your Brinks box is full. It's like a modern day safe, if you like, that you have. So it's your cash. It's managed uh, safely and it's brought to the bank for you. So you never have to go to the bank again. And it's for all sizes, different businesses, the Brinks box. Uh, but every day this week, 300 euro cash. And on Friday then, your opportunity to get the Brinks box itself. So we're looking for businesses that might like to uh, win this prize. So it's all to do with the four-digit code. I will give out the first three digits. All you got to do is guess the fourth one. You will get three chances to guess the final digit. If you don't do it in the three and open the safe, I move on to the next call. Very straightforward. And while that's happening as well, we got the Monday Munchies, courtesy for ourselves and Offbeat Donuts. This is an incredible um, swag of donuts. It's five boxes, 60 donuts in total. You need to text us right now where you're working and why, most importantly, why you and your colleagues deserve our Monday morning munchie treat of five boxes of assorted donuts. What are we talking about here? Cookies and cream, caramel crumble, peanut butter cup, chocolate orange, salted caramel pecan, and the classic glazed and many more. On my Instagram over the weekend, I was in buying me newspapers above in Maxall on the Douglas Road. And there I see them loading up the shelves. They do fantastic. And bigger, you know, the big old-fashioned doorstep sandwiches. Oh, they do great sandwiches. But they got great cakes as well. And there was this green tray... Um, that they were just about to start loading up onto the shelves. And what was it? But the classic donut. There's about 30 of them in it. I raced out to the car, got my camera, came back in and took a photograph. At that stage, they had loaded maybe about 10 of them up onto the shelves, but there was still a good 15 or 20 still in the tray. The classic long, you know, the donut that looks like, uh, you know, the torpedo shape with the split down the middle, uh, it's got the glazed sugar on it and all it has down in the centre of it, of course, is cream and jam. And that to me is the classic donut. And it was great to see so many of them being loaded up on the shelves. Shared it on Instagram, people got a great buzz out of it. For me, that is the only donut. 
the original of the species. Um, and I'm sure that there'll be some of the classic glazed in there as well from Offbeat Donuts. So text on that one, text 0868 104 106. We've got calls on the way. Hold on. There. Call Neil Prendergill now on 0818 104 106 Red FM. Okay, if it's not Paul living in his car, of course, it's Michelle living in her car. Interesting to hear the plight of Irish people while our media and government are worried about everyone else except the Irish. Another one here. That is the saddest. I have a pain in my heart listening to Paul's story from Friday. What is our Ireland becoming? It's infuriating. He sounds like a genuine person. It's sad there's no help from, and indeed, Michelle this morning. A lot of people were offering help to Paul, including the dogs. A lot of people were interested in helping out the dogs, uh, particularly dog food. Even St. Vincent de Paz got in touch with us. 2023, and we listen to these stories. You can be sure that no one in an authority has a relative suffering like this. Politics before people, as usual. Such a sad story. You should be on to City Hall about the Irish girl sleeping outside City Hall for the last two weeks. That's news to me. Is is that the case? I mean, when you say sleeping out City Hall, is it like with what? Like just covered up in blankets and a and a sleeping bag or in a tent or what? Uh, you'd wonder, did the company that he was chefing for take the opportunity to get rid of him because he was homeless? I don't know. Uh, but maybe the real reason was because the misfortune was getting epileptic fits as well. Uh, and one or two more here. Oh, yeah, somebody sent me an attachment that's saying this is... Um, This is going from bad to worse. And they sent me a screenshot, actually. I'll come back to that in a second. But the text said, um, our four-bed holiday house, which even has a swimming pool that we rent for a few weeks every August, is booked out fully and now has cancelled. No joy this year. Um, Asylum seekers are now staying there. I'm not racist at all, and and they are welcome. But our Irish need to be looked after as well. After listening to your program Friday morning, I'm heartbroken. And they sent me a screen grab then of the facility that they rent in August every summer. A four-bed holiday house, which even has a swimming pool, says, we are not currently taking any bookings for 2023. Um, that is the case, actually, for a lot of holiday lettings uh, right across um, the, certainly all of last year, the back end of last year primarily, but definitely this year you're going to find a lot less availability of holiday homes or indeed, I don't know how bad it's going to be in hotels, certainly in the tourist areas of the country, West Cork and Kerry and places like that. But I do know that City Council are actively, actively looking for properties all of the time. Um, And it isn't necessarily for people who are on the housing list. My understanding is they're actively, and they have been told by central government to actively search for rental properties. So much so that they are they have a path beaten and the phone's worn out to people who are currently building uh, apartment blocks or building housing estates, trying to get in first, um, whether to buy or more so I'm hearing an awful lot more of city council wishing to rent, particularly new builds. And, and, uh, and, and, and that's all very well um, because we will have more and more uh, refugees of war coming into the country and that's what city council seem to be I'm not saying they're solely, uh, exclusively just dealing with that, but they're giving it an awful lot of time and attention and trying to hunt down as many properties as they can. The downside to that in other ways, of course, is that those who are looking to rent are going up against city council um, because they're also like in the market, if you like. So it's uh, it's a perfect storm. Text 0868104106. Uh, pick up the phone on 0818104106. And if that wasn't bad enough, people are still... I saw Michael Collins, the independent TD... Uh, tweeting at the weekend, Belfast or blind? He says, there's no better word for it. Go to Belfast or go blind. And they had the bus going up at the weekend and it left Cork bright and early in the morning. 
with people from Belgooley, Dunmanway, Roscarbury, Skibbereen, Castletown Bear, Middleton, Carrigaline, Mallow, Dublin Hill, Watergrass Hill, Aberlady, and all across Kerry on the bus, all heading north for surgical treatment. Amongst them on the bus were three people who have lost the sight in at least one eye. Isn't it an incredible thing that we live in a country where you have to go across the border, although it is part of the island of Ireland, I get that, and we hope that we'll all be a 32 county at some stage, if they want to come back and join us, but at this stage, into another jurisdiction for surgical treatment. I'll talk to Michael in a second, but he has put me in touch with, with Patrick Sheehan, who was uh, one of the people I referenced there when I spoke about people from Mallow. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Niall. Fair play to you for taking the call. Um, were you on that bus? I was. And you and went... Uh, brilliant experience. You went up, was it... Tell me what day, just remind me, was it Saturday morning? Uh, Saturday morning at 12 o'clock, we left uh, uh, Bishopstown and uh, we had one stop on the way up and we were up there around half four. And ha- had you lost completely the sight in one eye? I always had uh, only sight in one eye. Since I was a child, I was born with a, um, a lazy eye, which never never got any better. And 50, Actually, 60 years later, it got worse, is it? The, 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 the lazy eye never got any better. There was no sight in it, actually, you know. Oh, right, okay. Well, you're, yeah. you're blind. And what, what, what happened, the good eye, uh, a cataract developed in it, and that was getting gradually worse that I was getting, I was actually going blind. And you would have and, done uh, ultimately lost sight in I would have eye. done ultimately according to the consultant above in the Belfast. And... Only uh, I went to the optician here, and I eventually I, I had to bite the bullet and said I go private because they put me on the waiting list for the HSE, and all I was getting back was you're on the list. Do you still want to be on the list? Ah, uh, they're infuriating and, letters, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. No, like as if as oh, like as if you were mirac- miraculously cured or something. Is it? We'll yeah, take it, yeah, I don't know. The, it was, anyway, I, I went to the optician and, and I said, I, I'm willing to go private. And they said, if you go private and park, you're talking about nine months down the line, which which I hadn't that time. Because I, at this stage, I could only watch television, you know? God almighty, and, glasses nor nothing would happen. And she, she asked me, was I willing to go to Belfast? And she said, uh, uh, I said, if it's the fastest... She said, you'd probably be three or four weeks. So she it was nine was months even private, was it, Patrick? Nine even months. Even private, yes, yes. Um, you go, uh, and she got in touch with Knightsbridge Hospital, or Kingsbridge Hospital in Belfast. They got in touch with me nearly the same day, and they gave me Michael Collins' phone number. And he got back to me within a, within a two days, and he had everything organised. It was absolutely unbelievable. As Michael Collins, the independent TD, That's Michael, Michael, Michael good morning. Good morning, Neil. I have to tell you, Michael, morning, you're, you're one incredible guy. Do you know that? You always, absolutely. I mean, I always have a smile on my face when I think of the work that you're achieving. Fair play to you. It's incredible. Well, this has been a brilliant success, uh, Neil, in fairness, for the last number of years. You are you just know, out on your own. But it shouldn't be this way, man. It shouldn't, you know, but unfortunately, if Patrick had to wait for the HSE, it would have been three to five years. Privately, it was going to take him between seven and nine months, 
and, and that was a, uh, uh, on, on the basis of all working out fine. And I think from start to finish, I'd say Patrick probably was up in this, maybe three weeks. I'm not sure now, Patrick might be, be able to tell yeah, you that. Yeah, uh, just, just over two weeks, Michael. Uh, three weeks, Michael. So when you went up and, on uh, Saturday then, Patrick, what happened? I went up on Saturday. We were booked into the hotel. We had the time for a taxi to take us for the consultation, which came on the second nearly to the time, brought us for the consultation, taxi collectors bring us back to the hotel and we still we can go around Belfast for a few hours. And then we stay in the hotel that night and uh, we had times for the, the, the operation. Taxi collects us, brings us, and the boss, uh, when, when we're finished uh, the surgery, you know, you have recovery time and all that. Right. The boss is, the boss is waiting outside when everyone is done, bus back, back to back the car. Absolutely unbelievable. I have, I have, I tell you, nearly in tears. Thank it, thank that man, Michael Collins. He's incredible, isn't he? He's incredible. Oh, incredible, he absolutely. And he does it every week he, of every month. He shouldn't have to do yeah. it. It shouldn't have to be this way. But so, did you have a patch on it coming back to Cork? I, I had. Um, they put a protective. Uh, on account of I only having sight on the on the good eye, they put uh, a clear uh, protective uh, patch over it, so that I was able to I, w- I was able to see. Were you able to see when you were coming back to Cork? I was. And what was that because like? What was that experience like? I it gradually it gradually kind of and uh, they told me this it will gradually get better, you know. Yeah. But. Because by the time I got home and I turned on the television, I could not believe it. What I thought that? I had a brand new television. <laughs> but I swear, I, 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 I kind of pissed them off around the house, telling them, Jesus, lads. <laughs> All things like, you know, that, that everything is so, it's so clear, it's just unbelievable. To me anyway, you know, because I always had poor eyesight anyway. It's a total new world to me now. Oh my God! It's like seeing things for the first time. All of the vivid colours, all of the clarity, all of the focus. Television, scenery, nature. But most importantly, I I suppose, before without interrupting, is you're seeing their family and friends very clearly now again. Yeah, well. Well, the wife made a joke. She said, uh, you never realised you were married to an old woman. <laughs> no, to such a beautiful woman. <laughs> so she said it, not me. <laughs> oh, but, uh, e- even when we went up, the, the chief executive officer personally came to me to greet me. And he, 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 he told me that uh, Michael Collins referred me to them. He knew all about the one eye and the whole eye. With Mark Regan was his name. How How would you pay I for it? it a lovely how would you pay for it, Patrick? Um, I pay. I paid for it. I paid for it myself, right? Yeah. But we'll get most of it back. You will. We got, they, they, they give us forums and all. They would, it's it's so organised, uh, Neil. Yeah. That you don't have to worry about anything. Michael, how many were on the bus? The latest one. 
No, twenty four. They went up there now on on, yeah. on Saturday, Neil. So you know the whole it it runs very. And some people have been up before from previously, so they'll be talking to people going up to, and it gives them a bit of comfort, telling them how easy you know things go. And and you know the the bus takes them to the hotel. It's either the Europe or the Stormont or the or the Grand Central Hotel, one of the three hotels we use. Yeah. A taxi comes, picks them up, pre charge, takes them down for the consultation, drops them home. Kids, they have a few hours and they want to walk. So how can a hos- how can a hospital in Belfast do what can be done in hospitals in the Republic? Yeah. Well, it's, first of all, it's working 24-7, number one. Uh, number two, it's working throughout the weekend. Uh, the the, the HSE badly want to take a leaf out of their book, uh, Neil, and, and head up. In a, I, I'll take them up, gladly take them up in a bus and show how, how it can be done and how it should be done in, 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 in Cork and Cork County. Like it's, it's incredible to think people are going to wait three to five years for any type of surgery. You have people going up for, for hips, knees, carpal tunnel, prostate, Operations to the same hospital, and it's not a huge hospital, but it's wor- working incredibly well. And 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 Patrick mentioned there about Mark Regan, the CEO, the, the amount of work and effort that man. I can I can send him a message at seven in the morning and get a response, and things happen. But is it would it be work. is that the difference? Is that private hospital or is it a public hospital? It's private hospital, private. And it, yeah. It, yeah. But they have they have a hospital too, also in, in Sligo, in, in in the Republic side as well. But it's private. Where are we going? Because it's reimbursable. Any any procedures that are done in the north are reimbursable. Yeah, it's the purchase plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it goes to show how how private business operates as opposed to how grindingly slow the public offering can be. It's very difficult because as a politician, I, obviously somebody comes to me needing a hip or a knee or we'll say the, the, the cataract, but I'm there looking at them and I'm giving, I'm, what I do give them with hips and knees is an option. I will try to and I will try Cork, um, but I, I'll tell them I can get you a hip operation or knee operation done if you, uh, um, in, in two months. You must you get know, tremendous and, satisfaction though when you see the results, do you? It is because I Eileen there now and she, you know, she had a lot uh, other health issues. She came back. There were three people went up uh, this weekend that had three. I, I one, one eye was already lost from different circumstances. One probably because they left to go too far, and the other two for genuine like Patrick situation from birth and another lady from a tumor. But she was. I, I contacted her this morning and when she was in bed, she was out taking out the patch and the eye is perfect. She said she was absolutely thrilled. <laughs> and, I, and the other gentleman is probably sleeping. I was trying to get hold of him. And I, not I to worry. To we got to chat to Patrick. Emotional and all as he was is this freedom that he gets with this site. But on the bus, would it be people of all ages? Absolutely. I, people like that are under, you know, working age uh, as such. And, um, you know, we. but mainly, obviously, it's, it's, it's like 70 plus. But you can, I have had people from 30 years of age upwards that uh, get cataracts for, for whatever reason they get it uh, and, and go up and get it started. Like, and to them, it's back to work, you know, within three or four or five days. It's amazing freedom, it is. Listen, Patrick, don't be spending all of your time now watching the television. Like, get out and around Mallow and enjoy the beautiful countryside. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, I I play a lot of golf, but I won't I won't be able to play for about four to six weeks. But that that's a small price to pay for. Well, for, uh, you're going to need perfect sight to see that small ball. <laughs> that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if you can I, hit. I, let's I, see if you can hit it straight again. <laughs> I can always do that. <laughs> oh man, what a great story! Listen, the trouble was when I wasn't able to see what I was doing with it. That, that's what I'm saying. Now that you will be yeah. able to, let's see how yeah. far you can yeah. drive it in a straight line. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with yeah. it. All right. Okay. Thanks, William. It's a great and story. I, I just want to thank Michael there again. 
I'll tell you one thing, he's top man. He is top man. We've said it before and we'll say it again. He doesn't yeah, want yeah. any praise, but words of encouragement never go. I know that. He's, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick, mind yourself. I'm oh, delighted okay. for you. Okay, bye. Take, Thank take you, care, bye. Sir. Take care. Thanks, bye, bye. Someone Thanks. wants to ask uh, it, that man, is it sore to get it done? Um, that They're very no- nervous about the procedure. I don't know, are you still there, Patrick, or are you gone? I am, yeah. He, yeah, somebody, yeah. Somebody's in the very same situation as you, and I, it's, no- I, I, it's I, nervousness I, about it. It is. You can be, but I'll tell you something. Do not worry about it because it'll be over and done with. I'll tell you, there is nothing painful about it. You, I'm telling you, they're absolutely brilliant. Words of anyone that anyone that's going to get it done, go away and get it done. Do not let it, let it too late, and just. It, 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 don't worry. Okay. There's no worry about well it. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Delighted for you, Patrick. Okay. Mind yourself. Okay. Bye bye. Michael, bye. Uh, continued success. Are we ever going to get this health system of ours sorted where there will be no longer a requirement for people to board a bus in Cork and go to Belfast? Do you think? I think it's worth it getting, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, in relation to people, as I said earlier on, looking for hips and knees. I remember before when we used to put them through the system of Northern Ireland, they'd get a call because obviously to trigger something the HSE that they'd be reimbursed. That's not even happening anymore. People are just coming to be looking for these operations because they have no choice. They're in pain. They can't stick to pain or whatever. And we send them to the north and they get reimbursed. Uh, for the most, uh, not all of the, they don't get full reimbursement, but they get about 90 something percent of the reimbur- uh, reimbursement for the operation. Could you it's imagine if the state funded, though, or semi funded, or helped, or provided something to a private operation that ran a hospital 24 um, 7? Wouldn't that make a huge that, difference in the Republic? It, it, it would, that there should be some system in place here to save them having to travel as far as they, they, they have to travel. Unfortunately, that's not being put in place. Don't ask me why we were very, you know, when England left the EU because of the EU cross-border scheme. You were it's called, like, um, We were very lucky and we pushed very hard to, to get a new scheme in place. We have for Northern Ireland a special scheme as such and it saved an awful lot of people's eyesight and it saved an awful lot of people from pain. And it's, it's a solution that I can at least offer people. I don't like people have people sitting in front of me and I can't come up with a solution of some sort for them. At least you're, I'm able to give them choices. And, you know, so many people come back to me. It's giving them a new lease of life. Gotcha, yeah, you know, of course. Well, yeah. uh, it's magical. Well, well done. Listen, can I just say before you go, I was in Clonakilty on Friday night. I drove down to Debarras to see the uh, Super Piper Paddy Keenan play at the gig there. And every single person that I met in Clonakilty, one person was nicer than the other. I went for a walk around the town for about 40 minutes before the gig started and I met loads of wonderful people I think the food offerings down there the pub offerings just the whole of Clannacilty they, they really are a jewel of the country you know and I just wondered do people realise how right they've got it in, in Clann would you agree with me? Absolutely, 100%. It's a beautiful, beautiful Isn't place to, 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 you know, spend a weekend there in its surrounds. Um, we've been very, very lucky. Because I suppose there's a lot of uh, industries, there's a lot of work uh, places, there's a lot of people living in Clankilty, so they have a good population and there's a good pub there. Yeah, so it seems to be thriving. Yeah, that seems to go on for years. It's not just lately. That buzz is there for many, many years. And, you know, I, I businesses have, you know, met that yeah. with, with, with developing their businesses and, you know, making it attractive. And, and attractive there seems to be, to be real teamwork there. It won't work unless everybody's on the same page, right? 
well, to me, you know, and I spend quite a lot of time in Clonkilty, obviously it's part of my constituency, but, uh, and I know quite a lot of people in Clonkilty, there's a, there's a real buzz there, and there's a good population of people, a great population. Fair play very, very hard issue with housing there, but look, we, we, we've been talking about that this morning, yeah, I, heard, yeah. I heard it's a big issue there, because obviously it's highly populated and difficult to get housing there, but besides that, though, the businesses there are trying their best, and it's not easy, you know, and you need a population of people to create a buzz in the town of people it was buzzing on Friday night I can tell you it was fabulous to see well said Michael take care man and well done on everything you do Michael Collins independent TD for uh, down Cork Southwest. um the, in, the bars was just awesome. I mean, it was a, it was a full house there was an incredible buzz there there's people from all ages they travel from all over uh, some went down from Cork on the bus and others were down for the weekend and mothers came from I think they came from all over to be there, but the buzz in there, and it was just an incredible experience, uh, and just great to be part of it. Drove back up then afterwards, home again for, I don't know, half twelve, twenty to one, and I came into it and I said, my God, that was one of the best nights I've had in years. Text 0868104106, back after the break. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818 Monday Munchies with the Offbeat Donuts. Here's some shout-outs that have been coming in by text to 0868104106. We're going to have five boxes of donuts, and you need to prove to us as to why you and your workmates deserve these delicious donuts, and that happens every Monday. Morning to everybody at Independent Express Cargo and TPN in Cork for the donuts that are up for grabs. It just would be a great start for the week. Uh, there's a second one came in said, we should get the donuts because everyone is working so hard here delivering pallets around Cork County. That's Independent Express Cargo. Cargo. Architectural and metal systems down in Little Island. Um, <laughs> I was, was down the, was down the Radisson on Saturday night, right, for the for the Cork Business Awards. Um, and it was up and down twice. Once was the rehearsal and back down again for the gig itself. I think the Don't Kettle Roundabout, particularly if you're trying to get to Little Island, right, I think that should be a board game or it should be an obstacle course or they should be waiting for you by the time you get into Little Island to give you a prize or a medal or something. I mean, it's like serious spaghetti junction all over the place. keep changing it all of the time. Anyway, architectural and metal, I got there in the end. People should have all got a round of applause for making it to the Radisson on Saturday night. We listen to you every day. Great show. We'd love for a bit of TLC this morning. We'd love some donuts. You'd make our day. Have a donut and beat the Monday blues. Thank you, Selena. It doesn't even rhyme, but a good effort nonetheless. The Dunmanway Suite in the COH my daughter is there they deserve it she's going through chemo at the moment my daughter went back to Australia after a short break to see her mum yesterday and a box full of donuts would cheer her up uh, and other patients and staff it would be a great break for a long grueling day um, so one daughter's in the Dunmanway suite and the other daughter just went back to Australia uh, Sikon Construction Services in Ducloyne why do they deserve it? because they're working very hard and it's cold outside and the shutters are always open and they deserve it um, they also look after my son who's there on work experience Hope Montessori School in Deer Park why did they deserve it? because they have three special teachers Sophie Hillary and Leona. They do amazing work with the kids every day and are very deserving of the fabulous streets. Uh, the breast clinic at the CUH, why do they deserve it? Well, because one of the staff is leaving this week and they're also celebrating a significant birthday, says Shirley. Um, one or two more. St. Anne's Day Nursery at Sharman Crawford Street. Why do they? Because they look after my son. They're an amazing bunch and they could desperately do with the sugar rush to cheer up about their Mondays. There's loads of these. Unfortunately, I'm not going to get to read, read them all out. Uh, just one or two more. Um, Presentation Brothers College. Uh, Marie, the school secretary. 
because the admin team and the principal and the vice principals and the caretakers and the teachers go above and beyond every day and they need boxes of donuts as a treat. Um, so there's those and lots more besides. I might get an opportunity for one or two more shout outs. Um, oh, one or two more here includes Gabrielle from Halfords and Maham Point and a second one from Lindsay. We deserve it because we're working hard. We had a tough weekend and the donuts would make Monday so much better. Love the show. So we'll pick a winner this side of midday today. Keep your text coming. Text 0868104106. Just a fast one. Sheila, good morning. Sheila, can you hear me? Hello. Are you, Hello. Are you, are you? Yeah, are you on a speakerphone there, I wonder? I am. I'm just going to meet you. Two seconds and I'll try and take you off. If you don't mind, it's just I can't hear you otherwise. I am keen. Now, either that or we can chat when you're after the meeting, maybe Hello? tomorrow. Yeah, are you there now? I am. I'm here now. Okay. I just listened to your conversation there about the um, cash rec. Yeah. It's just that my mum was on the waiting list and the CUH gone back. Uh, and she'll probably be on the list maybe about three or four years possibly. But in December 20, I think we got a letter asking us, to, would we like to go private? Who sent and you that letter? CUH. That's amazing, isn't it? We don't okay, want to do business I, yeah. with you. Will you go private instead? <laughs> that makes me laugh. Yeah, but everything, she got it done and everything was done, paid for. And within a matter of four months, we got the, we see the letter in December. We got the appointment in the matter private in March and her eyes were done by April. So Who, who I mean, paid for it? The, her medical card. We um, paid for nothing. So she got it done for nothing in the matter? Or nothing in okay. the matter private. Okay. But, but and I know another person working with me as well who also got it done on her medical card as well. Because mm. she was okay. on the waiting list for quite a while with the CUH. Okay. So it does happen down south, but I don't know how... But it's costing, but it's costing the state a fortune because that means that the state or the HSE had to pay the matter private rates, mm. right? Yeah. Through the medical card system. Yeah. Right. But if the people go to Belfast, who's who's paying the ninety percent of their? Now I was only, I just got into the car and I was listening to the conversation that you were having, but I was just wondering. No, I, I understand that. No, it's f- that are picking up. It is. Oh, in both cases they are. But yes, bo- both. Is, yeah. But ca- but my only point is neither of those options. They're far from ideal. One is private oh, so in Belfast, that. and the other is private in the matter. I understand that because the C- HSE is incapable of doing it themselves. It, it is. It is. Oh, like, I totally understand that. It, it, it is, but I mean, they are doing it down south. They are getting it done privately for people with medical cards in order for them not to travel to Belfast. You know, I was quite happy for my mum not to travel to Belfast and leave her get it done in the matter. You know, so they are doing well, it Well, I'm down glad south. you mentioned it because it's another option yeah. for people. But how it do they go people. about that? Do they, can they do it directly themselves if they have a medical card? I don't. We just randomly got the letter asking, would we like to go private? I just filled in the letter and I sent it back. And within three months, we had the appointment and everything. And she was done possibly within six weeks of getting the appointment. I understand. That's that's ideal for her. But let's say you didn't have a medical card and you'd be waiting nine months in Cork, going blind right now, willing and able to pay. Nine months is the waiting list private, Mm. they're saying. And five years through the COH or the HSE. well, then you see, my dad then, Lord rest him, got his eye done as well privately, but he wasn't waiting nine months. He had paid to get one eye done. I think it was about four and a half thousand euros we paid on the matter again with the same doctor. But I think we got, I can't even remember now because that's going back a good couple of years ago, possibly within the last five years, maybe. Um, 
but we were we were not waiting nine months okay. to get it oh, well, done with the state. Well, the gentleman the from Mallow Mallow that was on the air just ten minutes ago yeah. was told he would be waiting nine months private. Nine months. Maybe now. I mean, that was five years ago. Oh, you know, but we did pay for we did pay four and a half thousand to get the one eye done. It's five. It's five um, years. It's five years later, and a lot worse now. And it possibly a lot worse now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we definitely were not waiting nine months for him anyway. Okay. And he got it done, and then. We received the letter and my mum got hers done too and her sight is fantastic and she's brilliant at 88 years old. And down in the matter it was done. Well done. And the down in the matter and done, yes. Okay, it's another yes. option and for people and thank you for it. And it was a superb service. Okay, well done. Thank you no, for that, anybody. Sheila. Thank you. Uh, thank I mean, you can only, thank you. The only way that I would sum it up really with regards to our health system and the offers and the options people are getting is discriminatory. It's discrimination really when you think of it. Um, however, uh, there are other ways that people are discriminated. Sinead, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Now, rather than read out a lengthy email from your good self, it's better to chat. So you want to bring to attention something that you've noticed of late, and this is to do with uh, Bus Aaron? That's right, yeah. Vulnerable people, elderly people, people with disabilities, people with bus passes, people of pensionable age. Is that right? That's right, yeah, that's right. Um, My son used the service uh, from Cork to Waterford, Every second, kind of Friday that we're in the bus, I saw him down quite a lot. Why? Um, they both, they just travel up to spend weekend with their dad. He lives down that direction. So they go Cork to Waterford uh, and they both have a disability. So they both have a free travel pass. With intellectual disabilities, they both are entitled to travel passes. But why is it problematic? It's problematic because um, it's a very busy bus route. Um, that no matter what time, so we've tried the one o'clock, the two o'clock bus, the three o'clock. And they're all very busy. So what happened is like we get the same time bus now every week and uh, we're always there really early. So to get, say, the 23 bus, we're in the queue at 10 to 2. And there's a lot of people by quarter past two. That's a very long queue anyway for that particular bus. So it's really lengthy queue. So most times, uh, now I know it's their policy uh, that people who buy online tickets or who purchase tickets in the machine in the bus station itself have priority over anyone with free travel pass because there's signs up around the bus station to say that. Oh, I but see. If you've got a physical ticket or if you've booked online, you're definitely getting on that bus. You're if you definitely have, getting on If you have bus, a free yeah. travel pass, are you last to get on? You're last. So even though we're at the top of the queue, we're always the first in the queue because we started going earlier and earlier because this was obviously becoming a problem that I was worried that they wouldn't get on this bus, you know. Um, so we started going earlier and earlier and... It's only when I actually complained to a staff member that I was chatting, I was like, this is actually ridiculous because we were there every day, every Friday, 10 to 2, 2 o'clock, be the latest that I'd be in that queue. And we were nearly always by one or two other people at the top of the queue. So what happens nine times out of 10 then is the bus driver will come off the bus with his scanner and he'll call all everyone with um, online tickets first. But normally this happens, he'd kind of start boarding the bus at about, say, 20 past 2 and then what happens is when all of those people with online tickets get on the bus, then he'll start leaving people on with free bus passes after that. And that so could be anyone of any age. It could be the old, the infirm, pensioners, the uh, people, anyone, yeah, in, anyone, indeed yeah. anybody of free travel age who yeah. isn't old or infirm and well capable, but also maybe your two sons who have intellectual disabilities and have a f- travel pass for that. Do they ever not get on the bus? Or do you ever see anybody who doesn't luckily get on? No, they didn't. No, luckily, no, they don't. They always just get on, but like at the skin of their teeth. Like like what I witnessed this week, now, to be honest, I actually went online because when they told me, the staff member down in Bus Aaron told me that you can actually book online uh, and pay, I think it's two euro each I paid and secure their t- 
ticket place. I'd done that for last Friday. But what I actually, what I didn't witness before and what was the worst about last Friday is when the bus driver um, started boarding everyone, he stood off the bus and he, like, he put out his hand. He's like, lads, you all have to stand back if you free travel. Now, my two boys were on it because thankfully I had booked online. But I always wait until the bus goes off anyway. So I was witnessing this in front of me. So he held everybody off the bus until about, I say, 25 to. So people were just rocking up at like 25 past half past last minute running and we're actually passing out all of these people. So he was left with travel passes, yeah, yeah. So travel passes are always going to be last. But unless you book and pay two euro online with your travel pass, you will always be last. Exactly. But like I went to do that because I would have to do that for my two boys. So I went online to do that and I went straight to Bus Aaron's website. Couldn't see it on their website how to do this. So I had to ring them. And it's only when I was ringing them, then she told me it's actually on expressway.ie. It's where, like, I wouldn't have known that. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. So, do you think, okay, but I, at least that option is there for people to try and find it for themselves. But do you think it's discrimination that it shouldn't be this way? They have a sign saying priority boarding for passengers who reserve a seat online or from the ticket vending machine. They will get priority over somebody with a travel pass. Do you think that's wrong? I absolutely think it's discrimination. Absolutely, yeah. Because if you saw what was left um, on Friday now, now, eventually they all did, like, at the last, very last minute, they got on the bus. But, like, I was thinking, now, if they didn't get on, they have another hour to wait for the next bus. Like, what's down there is kind of scary enough when it's you're down there. It's not the, the safest bus, place to be waiting around. No. It's not. And it's always freezing for whatever reason. It's always cold down there. But even, like, these are elderly people waiting for the last minute. No, not one of them complained. In fact, they all just stood there and they, they took what the bus driver was saying and they didn't even, not one of them complained and there was one person at least with a disability and Why do you think they don't complain? Um, why, why do you think that is? Are they I too embarrassed or they feel it? that? Do they know. feel that you know, oh I better not complain, I'm getting it for nothing? I don't know why they, uh, to be honest, because like, like one or two of them now is looking at them, they kind of would throw their eyes up to heaven and look at me kind of thing, but I was just like I just felt it was just very wrong, like every week it happens that online tickets will always go for it and I've seen that every week but I've never seen a situation where the bus driver would actually hold him on to like five minutes before the bus is due to take off and he held them out there like even though we were just stand, like I stood and there. then when everybody uh, yeah, yeah as in cash paying customers are you know paying yeah, customers first everybody else wait yeah but like people were just rocking up at the very last at like 25 to like literally just running up for the bus and they were getting straight while these people were held back I see a text already saying that cash customers should go first because a lot of the time people with passes are just going away for the day while others who are paying to use the bus service need it now that's that's not always the case there's different reasons for people to have bus passes mine use it because obviously they won't drive do you know what I mean? they have an intellectual disability so they won't there's elderly people getting on that bus who for whatever reason they could come up to Cork for whatever reason for the day not just for spin, they could be visiting relatives, visiting hospitals. You wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, true enough. You know true what enough. I mean? Yeah. Everyone is different way they get on the bus. But I just felt it was very wrong. And it's not the first time it happened. Like, even the train service isn't even great because we tried to book a few, like, they were going to Killarney recently with a couple of their friends. So I was trying to book five tickets on the Cork to Killarney train. But I couldn't understand when I was paying full price, I was able to book the seats. But when I tried to do it with the free travel pass scheme, I, they were saying the seats were unavailable and when I rang them they said that they only allocate a certain amount of seats for free travel schemes and, uh, so obviously those yeah, were and, all taken. And what's happening then when people who have a 
seat and paid big money actually for a train seat. It's not cheap going yeah. from Cork to Dublin. They're it's getting not. on. They're getting on the train and their name is on the seat over them, and there's other people sitting in them. Yeah, I know. And a lot yeah, of the time, people people get quite shirty about getting up out of the seat that isn't theirs. It leads to all sorts of yeah. It can be yeah. It can be embarrassing when you have to ask somebody, "Listen, sorry, that's my seat." They say to you, yeah. well, can you not go somewhere else? And I say, well, it's like got my name on it. Yeah, but like, what's the big deal? Like, what are you yeah, going to say? You know? So the, the train service is much better for people with disabilities like that if they don't allocate enough seats. Like, this is, like I booked, I was booking two weeks in advance, in advance. Obviously, it was quite a busy train, but there were so many allocated seats and all those allocated seats for the people with free travel pass were, were gone already. I know. We'd later time, you okay. know, and... Okay. It's just, I do think it's discrimination. And what I witnessed on Friday, I just couldn't believe it. Like, every, it's the same every week we're down there. But they always kind of, like, once everyone who boards, who have the online tickets, then they'll start boarding everyone with free travel passes. But Let's see. last week, the driver just held off and held off and held off till the very last minute that he could and then let the people get on the bus. Like, I okay. just thought it was okay. shocking. All right, fair play. Let's see if other people disagree or agree. Uh, appreciate you taking okay. the call. Much obliged to you. Don't Thanks forget, for highlighting it. Don't forget that if you do it online, even with the travel pass for two euro, you can also reserve a place on the bus. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone now on 0818104106. We are looking for businesses who would like to... Av- Firstly, it's a €300 Euro daily cash prize. €300 Euro cash from Brinks Box. And on Friday, your business could actually get a Brinks Box. Put it in your back office. It lodges the euros that you put inside it. It lodges it digitally. That amount goes into your account the next day. Then when your Brinks Box is full, they collect Brinks physically collects the cash inside the box and they get it to the bank for you. So it's a fabulous way. You never have to go to the bank again uh, and it's a very secure way of looking after and storing cash in a business. So um, we're going we're to do this with regards to, uh, say for instance, a safe security code. You'd have four digits. Bing, 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 bing. So I'll give out the first three and you have some guesses then as to get the... I'll give you three guesses, right? I'll give you three you get the first three digits, and then you need to identify the fourth code. You get three chances. If you don't pop the safe on the three th- on the third go, then I move on to the next caller. So if you're in business, get on the phone now. 0818-104-106. Let's go for it. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 right. Corks Red. Jumping in for last bit of business. We have 300 euro cash every day and on Friday, the Brinks box. And I'm asking you to nominate businesses. Evelyn Noonan's in Ballancolligan is nominating Finn's Auto Spares and Ovens. Morning, Evelyn. Good morning. Okay, 300 euro cash and a chance on Friday to get the Brinks box to look after all of the cash in Finns, auto spares and ovens. But I have a code, a four-digit code to open the Brinks box and I'm going to give you an opportunity to pop it, okay? Okay. Okay, so it's a four-digit code. I'll give you the first three. You must guess in three guesses the fourth digit. It's one, nine, eight, something. Two. Uh, so look. Guess again. One six. nine eight. Six. Third and final guess. One nine eight. Five. Not today. Sorry. You can try again tomorrow. Good luck tomorrow. Try again tomorrow. Tomas Walsh is in Moore Abbey. He is nominating Clash Morgan Farm Limited in Moore Abbey. Tomas, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? Here we go, pal. One nine eight. What? I play one, Neil. <laughs> go again. I'll try three. One nine eight three. Let me try that. We have one more guess. I'll try eight. One nine eight eight. All right, hang on. Jesus, no, Tomas, I'm right, sorry. Yeah. Thank, Sorry. Thank, thank you. All right, try again tomorrow. Uh, let's try again. We should have Barry Trigg uh, in Blarney wants to nominate the Joshua Tree Bar on Blarney Street. Morning, Barry. Morning, Neil. Have the Oreca cash up there in the pub? <laughs> we'll, we'll soon find out. <laughs> okay, right. okay, three guesses. One, nine, eight, what? We'll try seven. <laughs> this is great fun. <laughs> Go again. Uh, four. One nine eight four. Let's have a look at that. <laughs> you opened it. Oh, oh, oh was right. Three hundred euro cash. You get to keep the cash, incidentally. You know that. Brilliant. I love it. You don't better. have. You don't have to give the three hundred to the Joshua Tree Bar on Blarney Street. You keep the cash, but they may well win the box on Friday morning. You know. Well done. Well. <laughs> It'd be great if it did because it's my father in laws and he's minding my small fella as I'm going up to take the other fella. <laughs> Fair play to you. Okay. Yeah, well, so it's, a, it's a win win all round then for you, the family, and the Joshua Tree Bar on Blarney Street. Well done. Excellent. Thanks very much, Neil. I appreciate it. <laughs> Not at all. Take care, Barry. Thanks for calling. Cheers. We'll take do it, it again tomorrow morning. Exactly same format. You just get three goes at the correct digit. If you don't, we move on. Um, Monday Munchies right the Monday Munchies courtesy of ourselves and offbeat donuts on French Church Street for this week and this is five boxes will be delivered 60 donuts uh, and we're sending it to Halfords in Mahon Point in the retail park down in Mahon Point now I don't know whether there's enough staff there to eat 50 or 60 donuts but I can tell you there are other businesses around Halfords and Mahon Point it's a great spot Halfords it really is it really is fabulous uh, so pop in there um, and uh, do a bit of shopping but with the businesses that are around you in Halfords and I'm addressing Lindsay and Gabrielle share it with everybody else if you feel you know there's too many donuts for the staff there but most importantly enjoy your Monday Munch and thanks for always listening that's courtesy of ourselves and offbeat donuts and we'll do that again next Monday morning for all of the business uh, back in the morning so text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 0818104106 have a good Monday I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.